Hey guys, and welcome to a Cleveland Moto Drinking Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh lord. <laughs> and they're off. Uh, so, to my left is Chris Smith. And Chris Smith brought with him some fine... <sighs> Elixir? It's a, it's a liqueur. Winter warmer. It's definitely a liqueur. Ah. Uh. My so, friends, what we have here is the answer and the cure <laughs> oh. to all your problems. To everything has been pissing you off. The reason and the cure. For That's actually some of uh, Mrs. Smith's holiday moonshine, holiday oh. cheer. Yay. So oh, what's really what? Good. What's in Rory. there is uh, at least two elves. A whole bag of uh, crushed Careful. cranberries. Yeah. So you crush the cranberries and then you pour in a. <sighs> What, a pint, or no, a quart of moonshine. Yeah. Grain alcohol. Okay. And you let that steep for about 30 days in the fridge. Hmm. You filter that out, and then you mix it with uh, one part uh, apple cider, one part cranberry juice, and then cinnamon stick and shit like that. So yours is much different than the apple pie. I noticed it was had the tartness, Mm -hmm. and that's where it's coming from, the cranberry. The apple pie one is just like apple cider, brown sugar, and like sweet, sweet, sweet. Mm -hmm. That's like almost refreshing. So so this stuff stuff we put up last winter, and there's still a few left, and I was looking at thinking we're going to have to make some more, so I might as well bring it in here. And uh, well, that's a good drain thing. a few of these. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, this is a, these the vessels. Crowd for those. Yeah. That's a good thing about moonshine. We'll definitely dispose of that bad. for you. We'll take care of it fast. So, so I got to tell a story. So uh, Wednesday night is uh, Halloween in Greater Cleveland. I don't know if it's Halloween the rest of the nation. But Greater <laughs> Cleveland is Halloween. Yeah, next weekend is the rest of the world. Yeah, depends, what, depends what time zone you're in, I guess. Halloween savings time, yes. <laughs> I like that. So our, our tradition is uh, we have a big bag of candy, which you can see half of it on the table right now, mm-hmm. that Mrs. Smith passes out. And then Mr. Smith has a little table with a bottle of Maker's Mark. And a bottle of Slibovitz. And then Mr. Smith passes out. Well, now wait. There, Mr. There, Smith there, has a box <laughs> in his lap with a hole in it. <laughs> and and, and we, also, we also had a bottle of pins. So as Guess Mrs. what's Smith, in the box. Yeah. And you can have a drink. <laughs> so she'll, she'll pass out the, the candy, and then if there's dads walking right. the kids around, she'll say, hey, go up to the porch. Mr. Smith has a little prize for you. So I got a couple of shot glasses. And so I'm I'm blasting through the uh, <laughs> the makers, right? A couple of ladies have some slivovets, or yeah. somebody has some pims. Want to be your neighbor, man? Yeah. So Jeez. so toward the end of the night, one guy's going down the road with his daughter. His daughter grabs a candy. She says, "Hey, you know, we got something for you up here." The guy comes up and says, "Makers." I said, "Hey, you know, shot. Bars give, open. Give you a shot." And the guy says, "Oh, makers. Yeah, I'll, I'll be makers." So I pour it out, and the guy says, "You know, I haven't had a drink in eight years, but..." Here we go. Oh, oh shit. I thought, oh my gosh, did I just yeah. boot this guy off the wagon? Yeah, Fuck you did. sake. Jeez. And you know, what am I going to do? I mean, I can't say, oh, wait a minute. Nope. Let me see your chip. I hear nope. It. Sorry. <laughs> chip um, Fuck you. Fuck, call your sponsor, yeah. goddammit. Yeah. Oh, goddammit. But. And, and, and so I'm telling my sister, she says, yeah, he's probably busting your nuts. Yeah. Said, well, if he was, it worked. that was it a good one, man. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, if if that's all it takes to get you to fall off the wagon, then bad. Haven't had a drink in eight years. <laughs> Holy long. shit! Yeah. That's more common than be- the neighborhood back uh, behind us that we've taken the kids to in the past years. Yes, yeah. no, pretty common. And I've even taken like last year. I made Jello shots. I made a hundred and 
I was Hover surprised made, at the number of people that, that make Jello and shots I, for Halloween. Remember, I, remember, I got the the, the pan and was Johnny Appleseed with a bag. Yes, and the and the skillet, the pan on the head. Yeah, and I was passing out Jello shots to all the parents. God, love it. And I mean, uh, you'd be surprised how many the parents are sitting there in their driveways yeah. and they're yeah, you want a beer, you want a oh, shot, yeah. you want you know. We were at a Halloween party. Cup of feel, whatever. Pudding. They <laughs> had pudding yeah. shots. It was pudding, and it was like, uh, yeah. like I just, it's too soon, man. It's, it's and it was got good. warm. And Settle it was like, down, oh. Mr. Cosby. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll get there soon. on my own. These <laughs> <laughs> are for the kids. Want to make a dog? Oh no! Oh, oh, uh, come on, now I'm on some jello shots for the parents. Pudding and pudding for the kids. Nice oh, your daughter. Nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> Slides down your throat. So does your daughter like jello pudding? Mm, <laughs> now that you've had that, check out this chocolate bar I've got. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, I'm feeling sleepy. <laughs> Any motorcycle-related activity for you? Uh, you know, I rode the concourse this yeah. week, and I rode the uh, the drifter this week. So fantastic! A little, yeah. little bit in the rain, as it turns out, but uh, yeah, that's okay. You'll have that this time of the year. Well, you know, we got the gear, so yeah. Yeah. I'm okay so with this that. This is our. This is you know, seasonally for us, late October, November. This is when we get to pretend like we're British. British. So British. 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 You can knock, yeah. knock out every other tooth or what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. we'll stop eating all the delicious food. Don't drink our warm beer. Donate half our teeth. <laughs> and lose half of the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that they didn't own to begin with. Well, you know. That's it. That's angle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So But welcome to everybody from England. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> Lost our thank one thank English you for listening. listening. Yeah. That's it. The, uh, thank you for the motorcycles you used to make. That's right. We really <laughs> loved them while they were here. Yeah. So that's cool. So yeah, go ahead. To, your left? to, to my uh, left is uh, Pete uh, Fred. Or Pete. Yes, yes. Fred. I noticed Pete is wearing his Isle of Man shirt today. Mm. Isn't that, isn't that what it says? Yeah, it says Isle of Man. Yeah. Is it? I don't even know. It says, uh, yeah, it says, it says, oh, come on with you. Yeah. Husqvarna. It's a Husqvarna shirt. It's a Husqvarna yeah. shirt, and it makes a claim of something near 136 kilometers per hour. Yeah, I didn't hear so, attention. I just didn't. No. So, that shit on. That's right. 136 that kilometers then, per hour is not really that fast. 75 miles. 70, 80, 80 miles per hour. What is that? Is that Swedish? That's Swedish, isn't it? It must be Swedish. Husqvarna? That's, yeah, that's Swedish. Swedish? Yeah. Yeah. No but, yeah, woods, so, uh, but I mean yeah, that that motorcycle was probably doing an average of eighty three miles per hour in nineteen giggity four. So that was probably something. Yeah, but right still, now this I mean, hundred and thirty four you know, yeah. lap record right now, which is just one of those things you're just like God damn. Like I said, I bought the tickets, Oscar's got bought his tickets, we got our room. Uh, please don't make this race illegal before we get there. Oh. <laughs> please don't. Is there any talk of that actually? No, I mean there's there's always there's always something brewing about it's too dangerous, it's too ridiculous, it's insane. We were talking before the podcast about how imagine participating in a sport where you just knew two percent of the people participating were not going to be alive at the end of the event. And Pete Pete gave the example of the World Series. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Each, each side's got to sacrifice one guy. <laughs> Congratulations. Per Welcome year. to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Who's it going to be this year, guys? Mm. Yeah. Somebody from the Yankees. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, it's not, it's not like it's just a person. Like It's not a random person that dies. It's, it's one of the most talented motorcycle riders on the planet. 
You know, so every time they run the Isle of Man, we lose a, or more than a, brilliant motorcycle god. You know, every time they run the thing. And it's just, I've gotten to the point now when I used to watch it 20 years ago, I used to watch Isle of Man and I was just like, yes, go, faster, ah. And now when I watch it, I realize that I am, yes, in my helmet, I'm like, how is it possible they're making those seven transitions in 1.7 seconds? Yeah. Like, how can you move the bike from left to right to left to right and not hit the curb or the tree? The helmet is barely Or the mailbox. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you see the, the pole with the paint yeah, transfer the on walls, it? Yeah. yeah, you're like, damn. Um, it's just too many decisions too quick. My brain can't process it as a spectator. You have another drink. I know, right? Yeah. Slow the world down a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so that's something. So that's yeah. Any motorcycle related activity for you this week, Pete? Uh, no, I was tempted to ride only one day. It was halfway decent, but yeah. uh, I was responsible and got some yard work done and things of that nature. Some yeah. stuff that I've been <laughs> neglecting for a while. But then um, I did get some new tires mounted up to my uh, the wheels I had built from Woody's Wheels yes. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, um, which tires did you opt for? Those Continental TKC 80s. I bought them here. I don't know. Yeah, back in the spring, probably. Oh yeah, and I just uh, I popped them on there in anticipation of uh, the Baja trip in the spring. And those TKC80s are kind of a magical tire. That's one of those tires that you know. The more people that run them, the more the more times I've ridden on them, the more I'm just shocked that they work as well as they do. Yeah, because it's one of those tires that when you look at it, you go, "Well, aren't you just the poser brawler bullshit? You know, scrambler tire." And then you go out and ride on the thing, and you're like, God, I can't make these fuckers let go. And I'm always amazed at how well they stick on the road. That's that, yeah. Yeah, that's my only measuring stick, because okay. I, I go slow as fuck in the dirt anyway, so you could have any tire on my bike. It's all poser at that point. For me, the idea of having knobbies on a motorcycle, I'm never going to go fast enough to use them in the mm-hmm. dirt. I'm, I will be the first to admit I'm a shitty dirt rider. So I'm going to be super careful guy in the dirt. But where the tire has to work is in the street. And that's why our scrambler, the Motoguzzi scrambler with those Ken designed it, is so deadly. And Which, they, those are supposed to be like a 90-10. They're 90 garbage. Percent. They're yeah. supposed to be a street tire. Supposed to be. Because yeah. they're garbage on the, in the, in the yeah. mud. Mm-hmm. Clearly. So for them to be garbage yeah. on the street, it's yeah. just like, they're garbage. They're just garbage around. tires. <laughs> really, really bad tires. And that's that's You got what you pay for, though, right? And that is. And that, that's a big part of it. But, yeah, the TKCs are just, those TKC 80s are just ridiculously good. And... Now that they've got the new, uh, the new one, uh, the TKC seventy, that the the nomenclature for that one, which comes in a lot more sizes, so it looks like that's going to continue. Because you know we got to be thinking about what tires we're going to put on that GSXR six hundred. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking <laughs> TKC eighties are probably a really good idea. <laughs> I see TKC TKC eighties on a lot of like custom builds when yeah. guys want to build these apoc- apocalyptic looking bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they put them on there. There's a nine one nine I was trying to buy a Hornet I was trying to buy that had <laughs> a set of those sh- spooned onto it, and I was like, hmm, well that seems like a horrible be that horribly bad idea. I saw a video of the GFXR six hundred yeah. that they had put the front end from probably like the biggest uh, you know motocross bike you can find. Did a little bit of a, you know. Lace the put lace. It had to look like wheelie in the chopper bunch with the twenty one inch wheel on the front of it. It looked pretty good. It looked pretty right. Really, you know. And then with that, and then knobbies on it, and the guy's just like, 
<laughs> and just sending a fucking rooster tail like a mile high and just going yeah. sideways, sideways. Because you know, hit a freaking jump. <laughs> nothing screams dirt appropriate better than 16,000 RPM. Yeah. <laughs> like just the whole time. Just, right. just <laughs> off the rev limit. <laughs> I like it. It sounds like a terrible idea. It looked fun. Lightweight, lightweight, gobs and gobs and gobs of horsepower. But then I saw that somebody had done totally a, the same thing with the the snow track on it. Oh, you yeah. had to have a oh, snow track kit for all the yeah. dirt bikes. Yeah, I'm going to put mine on a GSXR 600. <laughs> Again and again, I was I was disgusted yet strangely intrigued. <laughs> and, guy, and, and of course, it was a German guy. Of course, it was. And this was only in third gear. <laughs> <laughs> this is ludicrous. <laughs> this is ludicrous. <laughs> well, that's fun. Uh, that's cool. And to your left, uh, Nick Devito. <clears throat> I saw you were distributing some pornography on the uh, little uh, our what? little messenger board today. Oh, oh yeah. Well, um, some, some Japanese about, pornography. About that. Uh, <laughs> I missed that. Some moto, some moto porn. Some moto porn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Fresh is, is visibly disappointed here, folks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I for the lack of for the for our podcast listeners. You sent out two images of a, a Bandit 400. Oh, that's the pornography you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Well, get over to the Mackle Fresh pornography. Hold on. <laughs> there's another podcast for that. <laughs> well, no, there's more because I also bought a motorcycle. So oh, I thought you were talking Christmas. about that. But, um, so, yeah, you sent out some pictures of... Well, yeah, today I sent out pictures, two, two pictures. One was of a, a Bandit 400 the bike I have, uh, with a... With a Yoshi on it. With a Yoshi exhaust yeah. on it. It was the, you know, standard single very canister. normal, yeah. And uh, another one uh, with a... It was a, a four and a two exhaust that Who was made by a company Mushimura? called... Like, Murashima or something Mur- like yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. And I, you know, just asking, you know, what the opinions are. It... I believe you've achieved penetration. (laughs) (laughs) While we've been sitting here talking, John's diddling a carburetor. (laughs) Women would have brought knitting. I'm here here diddling a carburetor. He's literally diddling a carburetor with a semi-rigid metallic object. That would be a bobby pin. A bobby pin? pin. That's a hairpin? It sounded like he made some progress. It went, (laughs) (laughs) Felt the give of the upper finger. You won't be able to get full price for her anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Uh-oh. the reason I posted those photos was because yes. I already bought one of them. Oh. And it's already at my house. Oh. And I needed validation. One of the exhaust <laughs> Well, yes. you didn't buy the Yoshi. No, I did not. No, because everyone's seen the Yoshi before. Yep, yep. But the, the other one is kind of perverse, because yeah. it has it has one more thing. Exactly. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It goes um, to 11. Well, I found a... I saw a, a Facebook ad for a company called... Kruber, or it's spelled with a bunch of O's in the middle. Um, there was two umlauts. One was sideways. Well, it's it's from, it's from Japan. I guess it's like a, a thing where you can buy like JDM wheels and, and okay. stuff like that. But they, I I checked it out. I was like, there's a motorcycle option. You can you know buy um, like motorcycle parts direct from Japan. Right. And uh, I found that exhaust pipe for bad. like 150 bucks plus another hundred for shipping and rock on, man. Yeah. Now it's at my house. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I like it. So where there would normally be a muffler, Mm -hmm. there are two. Yep. So you have Siamese. It's like a double-barrel shotgun. We used to tease all the time when the 
when the high output two stroke scooters came out, they'd have these, you know, a nice big expansion chamber, and then it would terminate in uh, usually a 180 degree U bend with a silencer and then like a little 90 degree tip on it. And then one of these companies called Technogas started producing a nice big expansion chamber that had a U-bend on it, and then the U-bend had a, a Y in it. <laughs> and then it had two, two of the exact same silencers, and they were saddlebacked to each other. So you had a big, fat expansion pipe, and then sitting on top of it, you had not one but two silencers. And just to be stupid, I mean, yeah, just more surely for this, the idea of being like, well, okay, the stinger dictates how much gets out. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to get out of the chamber that the stinger won't allow. I mean, the stinger is that smallest part of the pipe once it's left the, the expansion chamber. So what you do after the stinger means fuck all. It is truly window dressing. Just mm-hmm. for show. It is purely. But I then was, that idea was there, there were two. There was a stinger and then there were two silencers. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I will admit it. I kind of think that's cool. <laughs> I like that one little expansion chamber you had rolling around the shop. And I think it was off a chainsaw or something like that. It was off one of our stand-up scooters. But it was an expansion chamber yeah. that terminated. It was it was a whole chamber, and it was kind of yeah. rounded, and it just stopped. There was no yeah. stinger coming out yeah. the end. The stinger oh, the came side. out the came side. Out the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was still a proper expansion chamber. Oh, it was chamber. a wild expansion mm-hmm. chamber. This, this, the, you know, the, you know yeah. the, bo- the sound waves mm-hmm. would bounce back like they should. 37 just, cc, 17,000 RPM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a vicious little thing. Yeah, and that was like, that would go almost 60 miles per hour with me at 210 pounds standing upright wow. on, on little tiny wheels. Mm. Yep, and friction drive, go figure. Mm. Just a little metal roller rubbing against a tire. <laughs> Just like the worst ideas all put in one place. You'd go from 60 miles an hour standing up, and then you'd hit a puddle and not be able to go anywhere because the tire would get wet. As soon as the tire got wet, the roller drive really didn't work well anymore. So you're like, wow. But that thing was bonkers. I mean, it would the acceleration on it was just brutal because mm-hmm. it was this... Yeah, it was literally a light switch. But that expansion chamber was hilarious because the expansion chamber looked like a human kidney or some strange human organ with just a tip coming out of the side of it. It's just a nu- It stopped. But it turned the stock... Like it, a model airplane. You know, model it, airplanes are the exact yeah, same it thing. It turned the stock 37cc motor into... Like, it was an extra ten th- or 6,000 RPM. Mm-hmm. Like, it changed everything. And that's why, when you're talking about two strokes, the expansion chamber theory alone is where all the power is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where everything happens as long after the boom has happened. So it's the, the the turbo effect, the sucking effect of getting the, the sound. Caden effect? Is it the guy's name? Caden? That's one. Yeah, that's one. It's basically yeah. using, okay, yeah. with a two-stroke, you have that little window where yeah. both ports are open. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to use is sound waves. Right. So, so that evacuate as, the chamber. As the fresh air-fuel mixture is going through the chamber, mm-hmm. some of it starts escaping through the exhaust port, yeah. but it uses the sound wave to Push actually it stuff in. it Push back in out. and kind that's of... Your, Turbocharged. That's your reciprocity. Yeah. 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 Your reflection. And then um, that's my real formal way. It boosts, <laughs> it boosts volumetric efficiency exactly. by use of the sound wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's even with four remarkable. strokes, and that's why they, even with four strokes, you have a, a brief well, window for a tune. second where yeah. both the intake and the exhaust are open, and they're actually yep. doing more with four stroke expansion chambers and stuff like that. Oh, sure. Mega bomb pipes. And Mega stuff. bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Power bomb. Yeah. Mega and bomb, of course, yeah. every variable 
every variable exhaust valve. So mm -hmm. every variable exhaust valve is basically operating the same thing. And we have a couple of examples of those here in the showroom. There's one on the Suzuki GSX-R600. There's one on this uh, Honda CX, uh, six, uh, CX750 that's in here. Uh, that has got a very pronounced power valve. You look down <clears throat> in front of the motorcycle and you're like, okay, front tire, check. Fender, check. Motor, check. Under the motor, what the shit is that? <laughs> you know, there's a, there's like a big glob hanging off the exhaust. Mm -hmm. And that's a the tuma. power valve. What's that? A tuma. It's called a tuma. A tuma. Yeah. It's not a tuma. And that's, uh, you know, that's really smart thinking. When you can actually say, we're going to change the geometry of our exhaust to maximize our ability to carry torque, but also then provide high RPMs. Mm -hmm. So that's that's clever. You know, that's really neat. You know, nobody ever said that your exhaust had to be the same like our grandparents did with big, you know, V8 muscle cars that just had fucking eight pipes going into... Free-breathing you know, open headers. Yeah, mm. massive mm -hmm. giant open headers. Truck yeah. cool headers. Right, yeah. They work real good at a certain RPM, but at everything else, not so great. So that's a, a drag pipe philosophy. Of drag pipes only work good at a particular RPM, and at everything else, they kind of suck. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing. You need thing. a turbo on there. Well, yeah, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, there there are ways to change the dynamic flow. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. So you bought a bike too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. tell us more. I yeah. bought a. Somebody's got a new job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does have a new job. That's true. Um, He's rolling stolen money now. Chris was shopping for himself. <laughs> I will say this is the first time I've picked up a bike in the Fiat. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I think I saw a picture of this. Yeah. Is it a de Blasi folding scooter? No, it's not. It's a... A Motocombi? No. Motocompo? Nope, nope. No. It's a uh, 1972 Trail. Suzuki Trailhopper. All right. I've never owned a mini bike before. I've never ridden a mo you mini own bike one now. before, but now I do. Yeah, I'm going to wow. try to... Well, tonight's going to be a long night because i got to get it ready for uh, shooting scoot. All right. Yeah. Right on. It's the perfect bike for shooting scoot. Mm -hmm. It is. Wow. That's fantastic. And I can transport in the Fiat. Yes, you can. Yeah. That's oh, amazing. totally. Yeah. Kick over? It's like a, a poor person's motocompo. It's a poor person's <laughs> motocompo. No, they were, it's not quite as big as a Trail 70, right. but it's definitely a little bigger than it a monkey is, bike. Yeah, it is a little yeah. bit bigger. It's yeah. like in between. It's yep. two-stroke cycle. Yep. It's two-stroke. It's CCI. It is it's the most injected. complicated engine I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Is this the one? It's got the. Is this the carburetor mounted inside inside the, the case? Yeah, and, and it's, it's not as complicated. The, so it's probably. No, uh, it's a disc valve. I get it. I'm it's interrupting okay. you and probably getting ahead of myself and Go everything. But that's probably so. It's on the side, mounted like right in the side. Yep. Like every so, Kawasaki Key 100. So it's probably going to be a rotary valve two-stroke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So it's got a reed block. I'm not sure. If, okay. Um, Interesting. I'm not sure if it can't still be a rotary valve at that uh, point. I, I don't know. My entire trail hopper knowledge fits into a shot glass. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm right behind yeah. you, probably. That's <laughs> it, man. But if it, usually when they're built into the side, I like might that, be able to yeah. draw It's one. a rotary valve two stroke mm -hmm. where just the mm -hmm. web of the, it's kind of like the, the Vespas and stuff. It's, the web imagine the a little is, record with a, with a slice mm, missing. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, uh, but this one has a, a full crank. It's a full circle crank. Full circle okay. Crank? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you're at it that far apart? No, I've seen pictures. Okay. <laughs> Which could be wrong. No, I, I mean, you're, but yeah. But we'll see. Uh, well, it's also got oil injection too, which is on the opposite side on the other of the side. engine. Um, yeah. Which I, cool. I guess I have to take the entire side cover of the engine off to to even get to it. But 
Yeah. We'll Remember, see. it doesn't have to be finished by the time you show up. No, there. that's true. That's but you true. can continue to work on it. I would like to tell you that the... And it's at Bruce's house, right? It's at Bruce's house. And from past experience... He likes to From past experience, what I can tell you is it is more important for this event that the tires hold air. The tires are good. The tires are good. <laughs> because I was dispatched to go buy a bicycle inner tube, <laughs> of which we could not find the right size. Mm-hmm. Not in circumference, like not not in like aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. Like yep. we couldn't find the right goddamn diameter. Okay, and we rode that bike. Like it was like <laughs> that was like hold it up and stick it in there. It man. was like an eight inch wheel, and we put a ten inch tube in it. <laughs> and the the consensus was run it, and it got run, and that's how tough the scoot and shoot is. Like when we yeah. talk about like if. If it has tires what hold air, there will be enough cans of starting fluid that anger will escape from the tailpipe. Yeah, joy will be getting. I mean, I mean. Keep in mind too, Bruce has like a dozen pieces of shit laying around that you probably get going and rip it through the whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned about that. Um, Not that salt your bikes, Bruce. Yeah, and there there are never any. Shortage of willing hands to help you. Right. No, and I'll and probably bring the BW two hundred, which I won't ride. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, it, it, the engine I got its spins freely. Already. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the engine spins freely. Yeah. Uh, the it has spark. I don't okay. know if it's happening at the right time. Yeah, well, it's good enough. <laughs> Maybe if the engine spur- if the engine rotates and there seems to be some sort of compression All and there's some sort of spark. I'm sorry. That's a two stroke. Yeah. Right? You, you've achieved all the things a two-stroke needs. Align those three planets. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you have a motorcycle. All it needs to do is run well at full throttle. Oh, excellent point. <laughs> as long as excellent it, point. I don't, it doesn't have to idle. It doesn't do it. Just pin it and just keep going. <laughs> Fuel line. Check. <laughs> Fuel tap. You could probably just remove the carburetor and have like a, a put your main jet <laughs> in the fuel line. Yep. In. <laughs> yep. Turn the fuel tap on and off. As a young fella, I can tell you I spent a lot of laps in my neighborhood on a go kart that didn't have a carburetor. Yeah. What? You put the other kid on the back shooting the can of starting fluid. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. It was injected, fuel yeah. injected. The other, kids, the other kid's on the back <laughs> squirting. Uh, on the bottle. Yeah. He's on the bottle, literally. The other kid was sitting over my shoulders squirting the can of uh, starch bastard. That was an innovative one. Into the five horsepower Briggs motor. What a bitches. We got it. We got a fuely go kart. It was so much fun. It was great. <clears throat> more, more, more. No, no, oh no. Wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, man. <laughs> and the fun thing was, it was like it's that teamwork, like a good sidecar rig, you know, with the monkey and the driver. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, there was like yeah. a, a beautiful video of like these rallycross guys, and the one guy literally their throttle cable or something breaks, yeah. and the guy is literally with the hood up under the hood. Working the throttle oh as the they car, go around. As they go oh, around. Yeah. Teamwork makes a dream work. Yes. Oh my god. Man. That's vicious. And to my left. Johnny Mac. Hey. Yay. Good evening, listeners. Yeah, so okay, you're diddling a carburetor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is the <laughs> ongoing I'm trying to again trying to get a bike going for a shoot and scoot tomorrow. Yeah. This is right. the C T ninety that I bought off of Bruce and everything. If uh, I mean, I could pass this around. Look at I it. love how none of us are cleaning guns. <laughs> <laughs> the guns are reliable. They're, They're ready to go. They're ready the guns to go. are ready to go. <laughs> They're still sitting in the same place from last year. I was going to say, <laughs> mine are all exactly where I left them from a year ago. 
If you look down the throat of that carburetor, you can see where the water level was. There's actually a <laughs> it's flood. Like, it's like Lake Havasu. You can see what it used to be a lake before now it's a pond. Oh, here's got the little trappy door. Piper, mm-hmm. Piper you want to give mm-hmm. a shout out? Hi. Hey, there's Piper. That's my daughter. She's hiding in Renee's office watching videos. She's going to be going to shoot and scoot. Are you going to? Oh, really? Ooh. She will be riding her 1986 Yamaha. We don't get too many ladies at scoot and shoot. Okay. Well, this year you're going to have a couple because yeah. Leah's coming. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, it's your daughter. I think you're right on. Be happy with Leah. Yeah. Colleen came out so, a couple of years ago. I can't remember where it was last year or the year before. Yeah, I remember. And the uh, and Colleen came out and just that. had so I mean, much her. fun. And she's not a shooter. Like, she's not. No, neither is Leah. Leah, right. you know, I don't know if she's ever actually shot a gun, but she's always wanted to. Right. And she's often asked me about trying to learn how to ride a motorcycle. So this well, will be This fun. is the perfect know. spot. We're yes. going to try. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be wearing fashionable Kevlar. I would love to get a Bruce. I would like to go to Bruce's house early tomorrow before mm-hmm. any of anybody else gets right. there to try to play around with these guys. Not a bad there. idea. But yeah. I'm also still yeah. trying to get my shit together. Exactly. And, and we know how long that takes. Forever. Right. So now, now I think the podcast listeners deserve to hear what all is happening with this bike. <clears throat> First of all, the bike itself is not exactly super common. Because of its vintage. Yeah, it's a 67 CT90. Right. So this was the first year. It's a KO. KO, baby. CT90. KO. Which I kind of I, I kind of like it because I have a KO CB750, so I'm like, oh, mm. it's right. a KO. Oh. It's KO. So it's the first year that Honda went over to the dual range transmission. Yep. So rather than having two different sprockets on mm-hmm. the back, they made the trans. So this carburetor is an oddball carburetor, too, mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have the altitude compensator and all kinds of stuff like that. The flange. I have a brand new CT90 carburetor that I I couldn't. But just, it ain't going on this motor. But it ain't going on this motor because no. it's not the the flange is different. It's just a lot the of. The KO stuff. is always a problem with Hondas because Hondas will release into the wild what they have determined to be, from an engineering standpoint, the best something can be, and then they take a year to realize how wrong they were. <laughs> They, they realize that they have to manufacture it at that point. And they have to build it, and they have to build it for fucking shaved apes that are going to take the thing out and try their best to destroy the damn thing. And, God, it's true. Like, the KO of anything is always going to be problematic. One of my favorite stories or an article that I read yeah. was a guy who bought his 1969... You know, CB750 KO mm-hmm. Sandcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wrote it to Woodstock. And it was like, you know, at one point he yeah. was air, you know, he was like riding and he's going through the crowd and everybody's like, Whoa! and he had a hill and he like lit it up and went up a hill and launched off a hill and stuff. <laughs> like, just like. Man, it's a good thing he was sober. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. He had enough money to go buy a brand new Honda Superbike. If I could go back in time and show up at Woodstock. I think 69 would have been a great... But what year was Woodstock? See, like... Would have, well, 90, it would have been in August, September of 69. So he must have had, like, yeah. the very first... Yeah, was a brand new 750? He had the no, first, I'm saying. first batch of CB750. He went and bought a motorcycle and rode it to Woodstock. I hope he had TKC80s on it. I bet you he didn't. <laughs> I think I can tell you what Dunlops he had on it. Just on that bike over there, yeah. Uh, so for the, the Trail 90... Yeah. Uh, Speed lines. This Speed one masters. actually has a title, so that's yeah. cool. But I want now. Tell me about fully, these motor upgrades. Uh, well, I'm trying to graft a 
Super 90. So mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, uh, Honda made the Super 90 from 1964 to 1969, which is their road-going 90 90cc yeah. street bike, which it actually has... So the, the Honda Trail 90, or CT90, right. is rated at like 50, 55 horsepower. Whoa, 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 whoa. 50 horsepower? Real world. No, Trail 90? Adjusted 5.0 horsepower. Uh, uh, it's actually rated at about 8 horsepower. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I mean, you said 50. You said 50. I said, oh, did I say horsepower? I meant mouse per hour. Yeah, mouse yes. per hour. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good like gracious, mouse man. Mouse per hour. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. I want one of those. <laughs> I mean, because I've, I've had a bunch of them, and, and I'll be the first <laughs> one to tell you that not a single one of them could see 50. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was no way. Yeah, 50 years I, I will concede yeah. that fact yeah. that I don't know who came up with that number, but I've never seen it. I had one. Those I, speedometers are wildly optimistic. I yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, on the other hand, the, the Honda Super 90. The Super 90, though, could do 60, 65. Yeah, and yeah. people, I've seen it, and then man, it, I've ridden them. It, it, it definitely is a different beast. Oh yeah, so there's real power there for 90 cc. I 15 years ago go mm-hmm. through some guy I knew with Lake Erie Loop, whatever, blah blah blah. blah, blah. I paid 50 bucks, and he shipped me an S90 motor that was locked <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> well, it's yeah. been under my workbench, whatever. Yeah. Someday I'll get to it and whatever. But now, this is a 67. That motor's the same vintage right. and everything like that. I might need parts, so I'm taking yeah. things apart and everything like that. Next thing you know, I'm looking at the heads. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so why does one do 50 and one does 65? Exactly. Well, we found out, you put the two heads together, the intake port of the S90 is huge. It's almost twice the size. It looked size. like it was twice as big. Yeah. Yeah. But, and the, this is, I'm probably not going to use that head on this bike for the okay. one reason. I don't have a Super 90 intake and carburetor to go with that head. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I can put an right. intake port this big on a bike sure. and then matter. slap... Doesn't your intake is yeah? If it's not matched, if it's not port matched, it's not worth doing. But you can has a Dremel. Well, yeah, but the problem is, right. and if it was just a stupid any normal right. bike that only has an intake track two exactly. inches long, no, but that's you not the, case the with fuck this out. One. Yeah. This is a fucking snorkel that comes up and it is. It's about six in. inches long and it's got a ninety degree bend in it. There's no way no. to enlarge that entire. So I would, yeah. I, I've actually come full circle around yeah. to. I'm going now that I've started tearing into the S90 motor. I'm going to tear it oh apart. Oh my god! What's, to, is complete. there any chance that you could take the intake off of one of these cheap and cheerful Lafon 125s? That would probably be and one of the carburetors off of one of these cheap and cheerful Lafon 125s. God damn it! You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Where would I ever Brilliant. find something like that? <laughs> Maybe in my gut pile from every madass we ever built. <laughs> Well, I think for now, and yeah. for today, and for tomorrow, yeah. literally tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it back together as, as it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want me to bring you an intake and a carburetor mm-hmm. from a madass? I'm not going to try to throw the 90 It'll be a long winter. you got time to... Um... Yeah. I, honestly, I mean, if everything's right... Because I don't think we sold a single madass that we left stock. I can swap a head on that. So we have like leaf-on carburetors and intakes. It's not a big deal to pop the head off yeah. and put a different one. I can no, no, they're easy. Yeah. If I wanted to do that. But I actually like the idea of I'm actually maybe going to go follow on with that S90 motor, bust it loose. i got to bring it in here and put it in the hydraulic press to get the piston yeah. out of the cylinder. Yeah. Because it's... Yeah. You will need more than ten tons. Of I was wrapping like on a little bit with a hammer. I was like, no, eh. swing press isn't going to do it. You I'm need like, I ain't got much. Bottle. I ain't got much skin in this. I don't care if I bust the piston. No, no, I, nothing. It needs 
<laughs> it needs a whole lot of chemicals. It's soaking. Good. And it's taking the chemicals. It's leaking yeah. down through. Oh, good. Hmm. That's, That's good. Shine, yeah. It's making it past rings that are long. You think so you're just? Are you at TDC or? Are you it's all the way at top. That's damn it. So you can't even. Damn it. Even yeah. even ease it up oh, or anything like that. You're like straight shafting it at that point. You're hitting bottom. So this back to the CT90 though. This this motor was actually locked because yeah. the intake valve was rusted like a mofo. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the water line inside that carburetor, I can see that. Yeah. So <laughs> the KO, of course, yeah. dicking you every time. Right. Put your headphones on, Piper. <laughs> <laughs> what? We'll go get a drink of water. There's a kitchen right there. Kitchen right there with everything in it. Yeah. Grab us a beer too. Yeah, I'm looking a little pale. I mean, come on, take orders. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, also What's on that? the KOCT90, the air cleaner is right up in front, right where mm-hmm. your nuts are going to smash into it. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but also right where the rain. Mm-hmm. It's going to fill it up. Fill it yeah. up. Oh, yeah. And then it's going to Bottom drawer. go down the snorkel. <laughs> and then drawer. in the perfect storm that this was, <laughs> at, at top dead center yeah. with both valves closed. It's just going to literally it fills fill with it. water. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so a, a few rainstorms or whatever. It doesn't look like a, a bad bike. In fact, it looked really clean. And if you look at this carburetor from the outside. Oh, it's yeah. really clean. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aside I, from the fact it was full of water, a trip through the ultrasonic, and I've gotten like the cadmium rainbow here. Okay, you got already. It. it looks okay. real good, but uh, except for the inside, the inside was filled up to the top of the flow pole with the white chalky shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you can, like I said, see the water line was up to about halfway in the carburetor for yeah. many years, for a long time. Yeah. This was probably six hours of cleaning. Amazing. Try, <laughs> trying to get it. Good thing you only charge five dollars an hour. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I couldn't afford to pay me to do this, <clears throat> but my float shot. But anyway, question. Uh, but I did buy the most bad. Okay, so you were talking ahead. about tires. Yeah. I bought the Kenda Trackmaster. Yeah. Knobby tire for, right. the, for the front tire, which is the worst. Tire. I like you. Literally could just rip it apart. It's a KO. It's. Tire. I mean, this. This is like. <laughs> You talk about checking. You right. talk about driving. There's nothing left. This thing, and you talk, you know, like the bike I sold you, you John, the, the rim strips coming out the side. Well, the rim strip. <laughs> I mean, this thing is literally like, <laughs> if you sneeze on it, it's just going to fall off. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was able to get the Kenda Trackmaster, which is their, well, I don't know, C, I don't know. But it is a knobby motocross tire yeah. with three letters on the side of it that make it worth its money. Oh, yeah. Thank you. D-O-N-T. It's a good D-O-T, baby. <laughs> it's like, it, this is not a D-O-T tire, but it says D-O-T It on says the D-O-T side. on the side. So, is this a new tire? Brand new. Really? Yeah. And, and and it's a D-O-T tire. Look up the Kenda Trackmaster. I can only see exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. And it does not, should never And you should never be on the streets. But <laughs> it's a definitely a, like a 98 <laughs> two tire. Ninety-eight <laughs> two. <laughs> but this Trail Ninety should spend ninety-eight percent of its time, yeah, diddling about in the dirt, just plodding around in the dirt, mm. which is great. Nice. Which is totally little okay. tech tips. I mean, you know, okay, so now you're, you know, rebuilding a motor, gaskets. Anybody have any tips on getting? My tip on getting gaskets up because I'm scraping a bunch of them, especially that is at least nice that it has an iron bore. Yes, so you don't have to worry it's like pretty aluminum. You can yeah. kind of dig at it and everything. Yeah. But I was having, like the the base gasket was just forty year old. You forty know, years old. Just yeah. like yeah, so I just torched it, burnt yeah. the fuck out of it, scraped it right off. On a cast iron cylinder, huh. heat's your friend. Yeah, you can get away with murder with heat. I have used my yeah. torch a lot on this motor. Yeah, <laughs> I've I'm used sure my, you have. My impact driver. I definitely. I think I'm asking for vessels, screwdrivers for Christmas. Yeah, I can't believe I don't have them already. But yeah, I'm good. like, yes, I want the vessel full set. Yeah, 
Yeah. Just, just get them. I mean, the J having having a whole grip of uh, JS screwdrivers mm -hmm. makes life easy, man. And I love the Impacts because the Impacta. Impacta. God, that thing saves me time. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I wouldn't have been, I mean, I was using my old Sears, you know, my Craftsman, yeah. regular, oh, sure. with, with the wrong bit in it. And it worked, and it got, got things done mm -hmm. and everything. But there were some that were pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, those Vessel Impactas are hard to beat. Those mm -hmm. things are badass. It's like a sore dick. You can't beat it. You just can't beat it. <laughs> And to your left, Oscar. Is <laughs> this Oscar? What did so you have you done any riding this week? No, but I did uh, start charging the battery for the CT. Yeah, because that's a major factor for even though everything's. Are you going to schlep that thing out to there? No, to not yet. Okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm still debating tomorrow. Yeah. What time? Mm. That's that was the question. That I, I don't know. Yeah, earlier. I mean that's kind of. It plan? sounds like Bruce's. I, it, what I'm getting is that Bruce lives there. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce lives there. So as long as he's there, get, range is open. If yeah. you show up at eight o'clock in the morning tomorrow, I won't be there at eight o'clock. Bruce is like, Fuck yeah, I on. might be there. At <laughs> oh really? Four. Oh, he's, he loves it. I'm gonna try to get there. I'm gonna try to get there so at least I can get some enjoyment of the Saturday part of it. Yeah, it's, and up, then, it's completely up to everybody. You yeah, can we'll see whether or not I'm you don't have to there stay for over. Sunday you can come, or not. You can yeah. come Saturday. You can come right. Sunday. Yeah. You can come Saturday. Leave. Come back Sunday. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's it's remarkably, despite its location, it only takes me about forty five minutes to get there from my house. So where's it located? Uh, Chester, like the bottom of Chesterland. So you basically figure three oh six, three oh six south, as far as you want to go, and then go about twenty one minutes further. Yeah, if you see Amish people, turn around. <laughs> It's really not. It's not that far. Yeah. 422, 306 North. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's not right. that far. So you take 322, Mayfield Road, 306, which is Reynolds Road. About two minutes away from Tanglewood Golf Course. Exactly. Yeah. You can go out 422 and then go north on 306. So you go out six between 322 and 422. Bingo. Okay. Yeah. For our podcast listeners, go fuck your hat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. You don't know any of this shit. The, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's, don't even show up. Um, <laughs> that's right. That. That's right. You drop. You'll drop this I'll tonight. I'll drop this so. tonight. So I'll there drop could this be this some evening, And somebody be like, "I heard on the podcast you guys were shit." I've been driving up and down 306 for 30 minutes listening for gunfire. <laughs> that would be a dedicated well, show. You'd have to invite him. You won't have to listen yeah. very hard at times. Some I mean, asshole yeah. show up with a beaver pelt. Sorry. And we'd have another podcast entertainer. God damn it. So yeah, so you're working on the CT? Working Playing on the CT? Game? Yeah. It was starting... Uh, it, and I, I remember you mentioning it's on other podcasts. Some some of the bikes do make a big difference, even though it's a two-stroke, if the battery is fully charged or not. Oh, well, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. So, yeah, uh, th those Hondas in general, if it says Honda on the side, yeah. it, it better have yeah. voltage. Uh, regardless if it's six volt or twelve volt, I've never met a Honda that liked a dead battery. Mm, no, they're just the coils are supported. If you look at the wiring diagram, they are a supported a, coil. A CVT ninety will technically you it'll can get start it, and run. You can get it to start. Yep, and idle. Yep, with the headlight on. You better not have anything turned on. But you can yeah. But it won't even rev up. No. It it'll might, fart. It'll, yeah. you, what you can do, the technique though, is to start it up and just let it sit there idle. 
Yeah. Idle and idle until mm -hmm. it starts charging the battery up. Mm -hmm. And if you do that long enough, yeah. you might actually be able to slowly blip the throttle yeah. once yeah. it gets running. But if there's no battery present in the bike, yeah. it'll never. Yeah, that's what I was doing. So I was starting in, it was, it was idling. So you got to have a battery in there. Yeah. Or you'll blow all the bulbs off it, too, because the battery actually is a resistor. It's a huge resistor. Yep. It's exactly yep. it. Yeah, the battery is a condenser at that point. So I put the charger that I got from you guys, and, yeah. and it's, it's charging right now. Good, good. Excellent. Yeah, that's, I mean, that... It's not. It's not a mystery. I have paid way less than I should have for a lot of Honda, a lot of vintage motorcycles because they didn't have a battery in them, yeah. or the battery that was in them yeah. was dead as a doornail, and that's why the bike wouldn't perform the way it was supposed to perform. Well, you see people trying to do these. Uh, I'm going to throw this capacitor in right. there. It's a bat pack. It's yeah. a. It's the really. Uh, oh, go buy a fucking exit sign yeah. battery yeah. for twenty bucks, and right. you're done. Mm -hmm. right. And they last forever. Yeah, get a fifteen or sixteen dollar mm -hmm. Home Depot. Security lighting battery, and your choice of either sexy six or reliable twelve volts, and put that thing in your bike. And if you put it in your bike, and you can charge it with damn near anything because it's a, yeah. it's just a little cell, you know, yeah. utility battery, and they work. Like you know, you don't need a two hundred and fifty dollar lithium answer when we're talking about something that is older than dirt. There's no starter. Oh, right, no, wait, there no is starter. a starter sometimes, but well, yeah. some this of the old Honda. No, this one doesn't. Yeah, but in, in most of our cases, passport, yeah. you might yeah. have a starter. Yeah, right. Six that's volt, right. and that's a that's a treat. A six volt a starter. Six volt with <laughs> a six volt. Six volt with a six volt starter. <laughs> yeah, that is a treat. <laughs> yep, that that is that means you need to have a oh, really man. decent battery. But yeah, that's that's so true. You might want to look into getting like a, one of those golf cart six volts. Or just kickstarting the son of a bitch. Yeah. There's so, always that. Chrome, what have you been working on? Oh, I've been working on... The railroad? The, all the live long day. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I got the mini bike, which is a, what is it? It's a Yukon Trail. <laughs> Whatever. It's it's not a green machine? No. It's, it's just a little mini bike. I've got that thing kind of modified. Got to put a pipe on it, put a carb kit. Then oh, okay. Aftermarket right. air cleaner on yeah. it and rejetted it and... It now has a CVT where it just had a clutch before. Right. Yeah. And now has a 60 tooth rear sprocket instead of a 40. Oh my God. Uh, you mentioned some trepidation about putting Maria, I give it full beans all the time. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to put Maria on it. Yeah. Uh, so, what will you be like, using as a throttle stop? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a really long <laughs> throttle cable. <laughs> but <laughs> I have an extra half inch of throttle cable. Messing with that and. <laughs> oh, they're off. Um. Just kind of refresh the Trail 90 that I got from John. Put some tires on it. A couple of bulbs here and there, oil change, etc. And uh, probably should have put a battery in it, but Just whatever. So you know, everything has to be DOT approved at Bruce's house. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I think the tires are. They're, DOT, uh, dirt on trail. You, yeah. Yeah. The trials tires? Yeah, they're mm -hmm. whatever. Pussy. General. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're general purpose, like. That's a girl's bike. Trials, Utility whatever, tires. yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just the little square knobs where everything's, like, very symmetrical and, you know. Utility tracks. Yeah, I mean, but got that going, got it ready to go. I haven't even touched a green Suzuki, but I'm yeah. sure if uh, just, if history is any indicator. Just get out there and be a green Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. You can just ignore the shit out of that thing, and it's ready to go, man. It's like an ugly girlfriend. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Woof. Woof, cool. yeah. Other than that, I'm working on stuff here, here and there. Right. I mean, I took a day off this week because my wife had uh, cataract surgery and had a, a lens implanted while they had the eye open. And Wow. How much better do you look now? 
Oh, she was sure she was ready to go. She was pretty juiced up from, <laughs> from the from the pain meds too. But oh yeah, she was. Took, look at you and said, "Who the fuck are she you?" Goes, oh hey, <laughs> I said, "Hey, you look like a pirate." She's like, "Oh yeah, we'll play pirate. Come on." <laughs> I took a day off today too. I oh, you did? I had anal glaucoma. Anal glaucoma. See my ass. See my ass going to work. One of my buddies say. Only drunks and liars take off on Friday. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Shit, I took today yeah. off. Rory, <laughs> I did take the last ride that uh, I probably will take on the uh, the fine steed behind us. I there, I tell you, man, I shoot. Uh, Shoot new gangsters on it and made them look nice. It does look pretty with double gangsters, doesn't um, it? Yeah, so the our, our big... The RK, the Road King, will be going... Yeah. Uh, wagons West, right? Going, going to... It's going to Chicago. Chicago land. And you know what? Chicago I mean, this is one land. of those ones that... <laughs> maybe in 10 years I'll be sad that I let that Harley go. But you know what? Today I'm not. get a cheaper Road King. You're not going to get a cheaper road. They made a hundred, hundreds of thousands more of them. Of them. Yeah, exactly. They made billions of them. It's it, not a big deal to let that one go. It does. <laughs> I do. I will admit that I do secretly love the paint job. Those tires set off that paint job. <laughs> it does. It does work. Yeah. Yeah. It does, man. <laughs> if you'd have just put those the on the go, you probably I, got like ten grand for that bike. I don't. Well, no. It always had the front one, so it's not like the. Oh. It's not like the white wall tires are a new thing. Yeah. That's what it needed, but. It, it's had the white wall. Uh, it's sitting full broadside to us right now. Though. It is. They're not white on the other side, though. No. The right side's black wall. Yeah, that's uh, that's how you do it. And the, uh, <laughs> so, I left the blue shit on the I other side. I left the blue side. shit on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like that bike. I like that bike a lot. You rode the bike. You took it out. Yeah, I rode it several times. Yeah, it's a good bike. I took it out last it's what, just a, three weeks ago, whatever. It's kind of like the shining example of everything that? that a Road King Classic should ever be. That last, know, that last what did I take it on the Fall Foliage Tour? That yeah. was the that was the the, the Fall Color Stripe, the, the nut rub of luck for for sales. I guess it was, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like. Yeah, the guy's brother came in to look at the bike, and he was like, "I, yeah, we're buying this." Oh my like God. it was just straight up. The guy was like, "Jesus, this thing is pristine." Like, yeah, we're, I'm like, it's not pristine. It's fucking filthy. I mean, last two yeah, times I've horrible. ridden, it's been the rain, and but it is a you know, it's I as much as I want to fucking shit all over Harley Davidsons, I do like FLHs. I do. God, I like them. And if it was a Dyna, like I could give a fuck about the Dyna, like you know. They're only good for getting picked up after jail, but they're <laughs> by your boyfriend. The uh, they're just to me an FLH is just to me that's what a Harley should be, and I do. Dino, won't you blow? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's so. Uh, when does it leave? As soon as the guy gets down here, the first threat he made was he was going to fly into Cleveland. His first threat was he was going to Amtrak into Cleveland. We were going to pick him up at yonder train station, and then he was going to ride home to Chicago. But then I think that cold snap hit and changed his mind, and then the story changed into, well, I'm going to fly into Cleveland and ride home to Chicago. And then he said something about, like, heated grips or whatever. And I said, yeah, I'll I'll sell you some heated grips, and uh, we'll mount them up for you. And then that changed into, well, who do you know can ship bikes? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, the list is long and distinguished. Uh, so uh, they. Uh, so does he know how many of us are going to be riding this before he gets his bike? Well, as John said, nobody else is going to be riding it because now we have we have been paid a deposit, yeah, but we have not been paid a balance. Mm. 
So, so we're all riding that. Nobody's side. riding that bike. <laughs> Nobody is. So riding you get that the bike. balance, baby. When we get the balance, yeah, that was it. But I am, you know, it's been a long time in our showroom, so it's nice to see it's going. Mm-hmm. Can we call Steve Hofford? I want to know. I, I don't. Has anybody talked to him about this weekend? This up? Oh, I have no yeah, idea. The shooting about the shooting screen? Because no. he's not on the Facebook. Yeah. He oh, may shooter. actually not even know about oh, the Facebook. Yeah, we should call him. I think he's still in the in the in the lockup. He's in the Husqvar. What? Yeah, and he got arrested. <laughs> Halloween night. Oh yeah. You fucker. Right. So, so what have you been riding? You been riding anything this week, Phil? Actually, I'm glad you asked that, John. Because I, I did be. buy a motorcycle. I knew you would be. I did buy a motorcycle. I bought a motorcycle. Come on. On the way back? Well, it happened. It sure uh, so you guys remember last week when we were putting a, a gravestone over the head of the... In, I wish I the was KLR? here for that. I wasn't oh, here for that yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. I know. I would have loved to have been an integral member of that. Well, it's okay, John. Mm-hmm. It's Thanks, okay. John. Because I just bought a KLR. What? <laughs> what year? The, the one that was here. The oh, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a 2008 with 1,000 miles on it. Don't you already own like three KLRs? I do. I military do. Military KLRs. Yeah. Military issue KLRs. this is KLRs. the newest one you've ever this owned. This is the newest KLR I've ever owned. And it's oh, the, the only... fuel-injected one. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. But I'm bummed. No, it's the one with the Sportster carb. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's the KLR with the Sportster carb upgrade. Does it really have that? They all have Sportster carbs. Oh. The KLR 650 <laughs> oh, is a Sportster carb. That's a... Yeah. <laughs> For those who are out in podcast land listening... The Kawasaki KLR650 and the Harley-Davidson Sportster use the exact same carburetor. So, yeah, CVK4, yeah, CVK40K. Uh, So if you ever need parts for your KLR650 carb and you can't find a Kawasaki dealership, you can bet your mother's left tit you can find a Harley-Davidson dealership because them fuckers are everywhere. Do they put the logos on the car? Uh Oh, oh God. On the Jets. (laughs) But the Jets are surprisingly affordable. And that little boost pump on the side that tends to go bad, the seal little boost pump on the side of that CDK 40 carb, that key in 40 carb. Accelerator pump. Thank you. That little seal and that little pump is uh, carried at every Harley-Davidson dealership hmm. that has a very small accessories department. So if you go in and they don't have dog bowls and leashes and shit, they <laughs> probably have that part you need. So. They should blow a seal. Hey! Look at the incoming Three Musketeers bar from uh, Piper in the cheap seats over there. (laughs) (laughs) Little girl should be seen but not heard. Oh, shall be seen but not heard. So I bought that bike. Now here's my question to you guys. If we could wander into the area that would be a podcast topic. Mm. Mm. Delicately wander into this. Seven. With our clown shoes on. Okay. If you take your vehicle to a place of professional repair, right? Now, I know this is a stretch for a lot of people that are sitting around this table. I've never done that. I've never done that, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what that sounds like, right. But if you take your vehicle into a place what repairs vehicles... That sounds like it costs money. It does. (laughs) (laughs) How long would you expect that place that repairs vehicles to retain your vehicle... Once the work has been done, for free. Not How many day. days? Not one Two. day. Two. Two. <clears throat> right? Max. Oh, okay. All right. Well, our shop gives you four days. So our shop gives you four days of free storage once the work has been done. And, and then after that, we charge $20 a day. 
And we don't charge calendar days. We charge working days. Okay? So we are extraordinarily generous. Okay? That Kawasaki that was sitting next to us last week, <laughs> gracing us with its presence, came in with a thousand miles on it at the ripe old age of 10 years old. And it needed a battery and a full carburetor cleaning and all the normal things. And it needed a tube in the tire, etc., etc., etc. But the guy had kind of just vacated all of us. He, he, he just fucked off and was living a life while we were caretaking his machine. So... <laughs> Oh, that's smooth. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's delicious. Oh, so while we were caretaking his machine and he was out traveling the world being all cool and stuff, um, he was running up days yeah. on his Credit card. storage. And James had been calling him and saying, hey, dude, you're up to $300 of storage on top of your $400 work order. And we got nothing back from the guy. And then it turned into, you're up to $600 of storage. And he just didn't fucking call back. And then to add insult to injury, at some point, we'd left him enough messages and said, dude, are you aware that your storage is approaching the Kelly Blue Book value of your vehicle? You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And he basically said, uh, he called us and he said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've been out of town. I've been over in Europe or Asia or wherever. I've been in GoFuckistan for the past three months and... I, 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 I can't be blamed for this. This oh is out God. of my control. <laughs> I said, well, you are aware that you dropped a motorcycle off at our Good shop. shop. Mm-hmm. And that since the time you dropped off the motorcycle, no small period of time has transpired. Are you still the owner of the vehicle? Because the state of Ohio gives us the right to apply for a mechanics lien on this after as little as two weeks. <laughs> which we didn't do out of a courtesy to you. However, the timer still has been running at $20 a day per day that we're open. The bike hasn't been picked up. So that's why you owe us over $1,000 for storage. And he said, well, I'm not paying that. Of course. And I said, well, that's why we need to get no coke. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. Thank you for letting me know you have no intention of paying us and... There's a law for that, and it's called defrauding a livery, or whatever. There's some such. Yeah, it's an ancient law from the 1800s, and basically it means that... Defrauding a livery. Right. (laughs) It's when you don't bring the horse back. When you're trying to rip the blacksmith off. Right, exactly. That's what it is. And uh, so we've been through this many times in our 17 years of being a shop. This isn't our first rodeo, but apparently it was this guy's. And so... (laughs) The long and short of it is, I told him that I would be happy to squash his invoice if he would sell me his motorcycle. And I did. And negotiations ensued. And at one point he cried. (laughs) A little. And uh, that's something. He wept. He wept. He was very, very upset about the situation he found himself in. He was very attached to the motorcycle that he put how many miles on? A thousand miles on since 2008. Mm -hmm. And he said he hated the bike because there was nowhere he could ride it in Cleveland. Mm. That's why he bought a Ducati. So he has a Ducati. There's nowhere he can ride a KLR 650 in Cleveland. Which apparently my other KLR 650s are broken because they all work in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Mine uh, just work just fine. Mine works just fine. Right. And so the long and short of it is... Well, then. We're giving him 1,600... Well... 
gave him sixteen hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and threw away his old invoice. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, which is generous on my side, mm-hmm. but it is really nice. Yeah, it's a nice bike, and I've decided that since it is the official end of the KLR six fifty. And it's the new newest model. Fifth it's the two. first year of the new one. It's the Pinky and the Air KLR six fifty. Yep, yep. So it's I should, a, a KO of sorts. It is no. It's the no. it's the K nine or it's, <laughs> it's the last gen. It's it is the K twenty three or K twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> From nineteen eighty seven <laughs> until today, uh, yeah. So it's a thirty one year, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. But it's a K thirty one, I guess. But sure, it's a. I decided that for sixteen hundred dollars, I couldn't pass it up, and I burn his invoice. And, mm-hmm. You know that whole deal, but. Do you think that leaving your motorcycle at the repair shop for 60 days is a little exorbitant? Is a little extreme? It's a little yeah. 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 I mean, and the whole thing was when I told him that, do you think there's a pro- like, do you think that we should charge you something for storage? Yes. Do you understand that after four days, shops start charging for storage? Yes. This is probably all spelled out on the invoice, no? It is. Okay. In black and white. Black on white and on the invoice. In fact, there's a, a sign on the monitor. There's a sign on the wall. There's a, a statement on my website, all to the effect. And he said, "Customer ignorance. I I don't I didn't know about that. I didn't sign anything. You picked the motorcycle up out of my driveway. Oh yes, you're right. We did. We did pick. We did pick the motorcycle up out of your driveway. And that reminds me, you owe me a ninety dollar trip charge." <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, but, thanks for your help. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. And so long and short of it is, yeah. We could drop it back off too for the princely sum of. Oh God. I mean this this whole situation could have been avoided if two months ago he would have called and said, I'm going out of the country for two months. Because we're not unreasonable people. The funny thing was that while the bike was here, the carburetor went stale again. <laughs> like in the amount of time it was here, the carburetor needed to get uh shaken out one more time. Because it just it had been sitting for eight years, you know, prior to us getting our hands on it, and uh, yeah, it's just a crazy thing. So remember, if you do take your bike to a shop to get it worked on, that you are required at some point to pick, pick it, it up, up. Yeah. you know. And yeah, what a novel thought! What a novel thought! And we do have a lot of people that will drop motorcycles off here, thinking that I, my situation is I currently own a motorcycle and it's currently broken. And not think that their current situation is that they don't have any money to pay for the repairs. Yeah. And that they think that between now and the day we get done fixing the bike, they will have hit the, the lottery. Yeah. So, Does that happen often? Not usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, usually it's calling them up and saying, hey, Dave, your bike's done. You owe us 350 bucks." And Dave goes, well, I don't have 350 bucks." Hmm. And we go, well, tomorrow will be 370 You don't have a motorcycle either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You don't have so, to worry about it anymore. It's not yours. Yeah, and that's a, and this is it. Is the guys aren't in a position, and that's the the strangest thing that I didn't think that as being a shop, like running a shop, that we would deal with as many people mm-hmm. that drop things off with having no idea of how they're going to pay for them once the service has been rendered. It's dead, bizarre. Dead dead beats. beats. Yeah, dead beats. And beats. not everybody's got next money. Beats. What's that? Not everybody's Man. got next money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a that's a thing. Hey. uh... Did you bring your heated gear back? I did not. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thank God. I was wondering if you were going to bring your heated I gear. I thought back. about it, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah no. Um, but you did have an excellent yeah. topic for conversation, Bones. talking about tube tube tires and whatnot. Well, because I was replacing some tires and tubes this all week, right. 
And on the tube, there's always a little dishwasher, like a concave washer. Yep. Yep. And, there's, and there's two nuts. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. nuts. So, the question is what because I mean, we're men, two nuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I turned to the uh, yeah. my local Googling machine. Yeah. And um, just... I was like, where, I just wanted to see what's out there. Like, where do you put the nuts? Where, I, <laughs> in the tube. Oh Everywhere. It depends. Yeah. yeah. When two people machine. love each other very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on your chin. Uh, <laughs> like a Roman soldier. <laughs> now, wait a second. In your eyes, to clarify, just for the podcast listeners who, you know... Can't this one out. For the podcast listeners who can't visualize this. Well, maybe not everyone changes oh. their own tires. Okay, that's or an excellent point. A lot of guys with a, a tubeless yeah. rim, is you don't worry about tubes On anymore. these devices okay. we like called motorcycles, there are wheels. And outside of the wheels are tires. And inside the tires is air. And sometimes they have to keep the air in using an inner tube. Tubes. And uh, to keep the air from leaking out all those funny spoke holes, you use an inner tube. <laughs> Do tubeless tires have tubes? What's that? They can. <laughs> they can if you want to. Depends on how cheap you are. All right. Depends on whether that nail in your tire is really worth replacing the tire. Or if you put street bike tires on your dirt bike. Exactly right. Absolutely. So the inner tube concept, you know, the, the idea of having that big threaded metal stem in some mm-hmm. cases, because there are motorcycles What's that, that are still TR6 or something? Like that? Well, TR4 there's is TR4s, TR6s, metal. there's TR87s. I'd have to look at a whole chart. We have a chart, yeah. yeah. We have a chart here for our convenience. But yeah, there's uh, different styles, but the point is, when you open the tube, the cardboard box, what contains the tube, um, you'll find a threaded end, and you'll find two Half thickness, twelve millimeter nuts. Yeah, it's like they're like jam nuts. Yeah, which would you would think? Yes, you would think. Why are there two? Well, it's like for my mirrors. There's one what to tighten, and there's one to keep the tightened one from coming off. Mm-hmm. Right. Except, I oh. guess you'd be wrong. I've always put the one, and I did a lot of tubes, right or wrong. I always felt like that inner nut. Yeah. You need to be inside. Yeah. Mm. And that's what keeps you from dragging the valve stem all the way through the rim. Except for, if I may. You may. The valve stem itself that's in there has got a conical washer usually. Mm-hmm. And itself has a fl- expanded it's... metal flange. You'd have to be King Kong Bundy to pull that fucking thing out Using what nuts are supplied on the outside, and that conical washer yeah. is like a perfect fit. Yeah, where it seats down on the inside yeah. of the rim. So you think that conical that, washer is almost you know designed to go into the stamping on the backside of the rim? You know what yeah. we're supposed to do? Huh? I'm just realizing this. Yeah, flip them around, take both nuts off. Yeah, take the take the one nut. Okay, put it run on, it down. Run it down. Yeah. Put the conical washer so the, on top oh shit, of that. So nut. that the nut at the bottom has the power of the threads holding it. You'll so, never pull that through because it's mechanically and on then, the threads. And then put it through the rim. And, and then put the, the conical outside. on there to then, go into the hole. And then tighten them. And then tighten it down. <gasps> now wait a minute. You know what I think you need to do? You need to buy two tubes, 
nuts off of one. Four nuts on one, two. I mean, you could do that. Brilliant. Well, the funny thing is. Yes. I just want to know. Video? Yeah. You oh, watch no. YouTube videos, you can. There's a hundred expert opinions. Right. And they're all different. On, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if we go to, like, the Kendo website or the I tried that. IRC website? Michelin was Michelin. the only Michelin was the only one Michelin's I found any one. succinct yeah. information from, and it said that the conical washer goes on the inside between the tube and the rim. Right. The oh, nuts shit. go on the outside. Both nuts. Yes. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Michelin. Yeah, Michelin. I apologize to all the people where I put a nut inside your rim. Well, and so this is exactly it. I, I went. I did the same thing. Rim. I went to Continental. Got no information. I went to Dunlop. I got no information. I myself was trained a hundred years ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth. That when, one nut went on the inside. When the great white buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> when the great water buffalo roamed the plains. Uh, that yeah, that the that the, you divided the nuts, and that the one went on the inside, so as to make it mechanically impossible. For you to over torque the exterior nut or the nut that was on the interior of the rim pointing at you, the one that you could visibly see, so that you couldn't mm-hmm. do it, right? Okay, exactly. And so if you look at that image that you see there, you'll see that there's only one nut. I can't see it. You keep moving it. Show it to Damn the microphone. It, All right. <laughs> so the way this shows it is it shows that there's a valve nut on the Inside. interior mm-hmm. of the rim. And that there is a thing called a valve set rubber on the exterior, but that could be supplanted by the nut. But it is this particular application is suggesting the split them using the rim itself as a divider. Hmm. So you have the stem, the nut, the rim, another nut, and then the valve cap itself. Mm-hmm. You forgot the conical metal. Cap. Well, but what I'm saying is in the image he has, it doesn't have a conical medical metal, 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 metal washer. So, when I went to Michelin, who was the only people that defined mm-hmm. how to do it, Michelin said, if a conical, here you go, there's the picture, that's, Johnny Chrome has found the picture from Michelin, mm-hmm. that the conical metal washer goes on the interior between the inner tube mm-hmm. and the interior of the metal rim. And there's then, on the outside, you get the... Wa- uh, lo- nut number one, which will be the mechanical fixing nut, and then nut number two, which is the mechanical locking nut. Jam nut. Jam nut. Making sure that nut number one can't back off. And nut number one does not go down tight against the that, rim. No, it either. does not. That's what it was showing. That's Finger tight. The, that's Finger the tight. only reason. Well, it showed like a gap on that image, and that's the only reason why it would yeah. make sense to have a, 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 a jam nut. Yeah. Yeah, a jam nut. But and I've always tightened it all the way to the yeah. rim. Exactly. And so... According to Michelin, their in, their intention is that the conical washer. Now, here's this creepy thing: mm. we've installed inner tubes from at least four or five different brands, and I can tell you that the conical washer is not always an assured item. Huh. But that is not a guarantee no. in every inner tube I've ever installed. Hmm. And be damn sure that it doesn't fall off before you put the valves. Yeah, because yeah. then yeah. it's floating between yeah, the rim, between have, the tire and the tube. Maybe this is a stupid question, the... but how about I put the tube in the tire? I mount the whole fucking thing up. Right. I don't put any nuts on before yeah. I put the thing in. 
I put the nut on just long enough to get yeah. the tube and everything where I want it. Right. I take the fucking nuts off and throw them away. <laughs> once the tube is in there. Yes. Like the once bi- the tube like is in there, the, the valve stem is there. Because air be pressure is around. holding the valve stem in its location. You can throw the nuts away. Yeah. Unless unless you have a low yeah, unless you have a low tire low pressure, pressure, low air right, pressure situation. Right. It's going to be pretty screwed and, up if your whole rim... It, and, you have to have or, a flat well, tire, completely and, flat tire for the valve to get... It doesn't right. take as much as you think. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't... I've, mm, they move around. like what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> they move around. And that is that thing. Is like, I think in the idea of the manufacturer of the tube is giving you these assets. They're giving you the conical washer and they're giving you two nuts. So in the instance where you are getting a uh, conical washer and you're getting the two nuts. And I will do with these nuts as I please. Yes, they are my nuts, <laughs> goddammit. And I'll beat them like they owe me money. So that is just, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that in the future when I install these, I'm going to call it the Michelin method. Because the Michelin method clearly shows that the idea is that the, the mechanical holding nut, they don't even want that to be torqued down. Finger tight. Maybe. They want that to be literally finger tight. And so they're not even suggesting that that is doing anything other than keeping the valve stem from retreating into the rim. Right. Mm-hmm. When you put the chuck on it. Exactly. Yep. Right. It's giving you support so that when you chuck your tire, when you put air pressure mm-hmm. in your tire, it's simply just keeping that damn thing from going there into the interior. There are some yeah. old, older tube setups yeah. that one of those nuts... Yeah does just have serrations. Oh, no, for sure. No, that's... You're like, not a knurled, even, like a knurled nut. Yes. yes. And that's yeah, for real. A lot of the continental That's like bicycles have. Yes. Like it's Correct. Just a little round, it's round. Yeah. It doesn't even have flats They on. don't even want you to put a wrench on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't I want you to put that. a wrench on it. Huh. And you're absolutely right. And so that indicates that idea behind... Well, think about this for a second. Fuck. Imagine for a second the world is full of... living my life wrong. Right. <laughs> Imagine Thanks. if you will for a Thanks, second. Thanks, Pete. Thanks. You bastard. Hey, wait, well, wait. I'm going to need you to go through your records. And way to bring uh, up a controversial subject. And look, every and tire every I've ever installed. Every tire I've ever installed that had a tube-type tire yeah. and issue a recall. My God. <laughs> and all the number of front tires I've put on backwards. I'm going to have to come yeah. out of retirement right. and fix That's a lot that. of fucking tires. How yeah. many bikes in here have tubes? A fairly good number. Yeah. A fairly good Most number. Most spoked bikes. Right back there's a Most number of them. There's a whole oh, field yeah. back there. Yep. You get into that vintage department. I mean, there's hardly right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got one nut inside and one nut outside. One nut outside. So now here's an interesting thing. That's the way I've done it forever. So... The only thing that raised a flag for me when I was starting to look at it was when I looked at the shape of that washer. It seemed like that washer should fit it should into the fit valley into of the, the rim. Yes, and exactly. So what do you think about my idea? Put the conical washer into the divot I like that. with a nut behind it. Then well, you got an airspace between that little washer and the tube. I just I want everything sucked so you take in. A nut I have, you you take a nut and put it on the valve stem, yeah. just finger tight. Yeah. Take the conical washer, drop it on that, stick it through the rim. Yep. Tighten the other yep. one down. Yep. Yep. Hold on. If I may, your reason for having the nut closest to the tube with the conical washer above it, then the uh, threaded valve stem going through the rim, what is the reason for having the wash, washer. I'm sorry, the nut under the conical washer? On the valve stem. What is the reason that nut would be there at all? 
What is that, the only reason it exists? Is that not is I to help say. keep from pulling exactly. everything through the right, rim? Right, right, right. right. And the, uh, to be a stop. Yeah. And then that uh, putting the conical washer lets it go into the divot exactly. of the hole. That's what I was hoping but you would say. Almost none of the holes are actually divoted, though. You know but what I mean? Here, they're if you like, will, they're like this. They're yeah. not like they're not like a spoke. They're no, it's a strain. It's a strain relief. But hold on, I will say this. But what we're all forgetting, there is more. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, this is the mind fuck. For everybody, <laughs> myself included, that was putting the nut on the interior of the rim to act as a safety to keep you from accidentally fucking aping and like overpowering that nut, the 12 millimeter nut on the outside of the rim, the one that you can see, and doing what? You're over torquing it and you're pulling the tube up in through the hole, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Except for the fact that our fine friends at Michelin, creators of the AirStop, who are, in my opinions, pretty, fi- pretty high up on the fucking mountain of we keep air in tires, they say they don't want you to put any torque on the 12-millimeter nut. Mm-hmm. They, in fact, want there to be an air gap between it. So its only job is to Floating. keep you right. from pushing that fucking tube in. stem back into the yeah. wheel. So your nut, the idea or your idea or your concept of having the nut on the inside of the tire to keep Mr. Johnny Meathands from over-torquing <laughs> the valve stem out of the wheel. And the conical washer exactly. is only to keep the valve stem from getting cut up Bingo. on the edge of the hole. On the edge of the hole, exactly. To keep there from Just being an interface the between the sharp edge of the hole what's drilled in the wheel from enter, inter, ever interfacing with the rubber that is on the receiving end of the metal valve stem. Mind fucking blown. Yeah. <laughs> I could have told you that half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the point is, if you're using a wrench, like I have been since Christ was a private, to put in Christ on a cross. valve stems, like what, what do I do? I mount the tire, I slide in the fucking tube, I you know baby powder the fuck out of it, I put like two molecules of pressure in it, so it's like a beach toy. I put the oh. valve stem through the tool through the hole, and I take the little nut on the outside and I tighten it, and then I grab my twelve millimeter twelve millimeter wrench and I go. <laughs> I'm wrong. Finger turn, finger tighten at a quarter turn. That's right. You want wow. that valve stem to be able to float a little bit in the rim in case it does. Well, I can't wait to put the new inner tube in the in my KLR. <laughs> well, I can tell you that I will be doing <laughs> do something right as a result of this podcast that I have not done for the fucking 40 years I've been putting tubes in shit. I mean, I've been doing something wrong for 40 fucking years. Yeah. Drop the mic. I'm I like... hate when I learn shit. <laughs> Man. I have to admit I've been doing things wrong for a very, very long time. I'm a dick. Fucking Michelin. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Michelin. Honestly, I'm probably just going to forget and continue to just throw one of the nuts away. So. <laughs> You're the so, only one that's been doing it. <laughs> that's it. You're the only one that's so been doing it. So you look down at the wheel and you look down at the wheel and you look at the valve stem and the thread's coming What's through it. What's this for? Like, Right. You see four nuts on there? 139? You see four nuts looking back at you and you're like, son of a well, bitch. That's, uh, oh, that's God a, damn it. That's a party. Yeah, that is what? a party. Four nuts, man. God, you just, you just don't even think about that. And that's like, and that is just the silliest damn thing. It's like, it's the, it's motorcycle lore. They do something for a reason, goddamn. Why is there not a diagram on the side of every yeah, inner so tube the box? box? 
box? On the inner two What's box. In the box? Yeah. Why not? It should be. Too much stack. cost. Too much cost. I hate cost. you. <laughs> I hate you, IRC. I hate you, Ken. Yeah, really. I right. hate you, Dunlap. Yeah, it's like everybody's... I mean, we've handled so many inner two boxes over the years that we just have not... And that's funny that when you sit... You know you sit we're the, idiots. <laughs> right. You know we're stupid. You have a whole group of lawyers to protect us from ourselves. Right. Yeah, there's probably at least like a, one side just full of warnings and disclaimers yeah. and stuff, but no instructions. Well, and that's why I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of this, but well, okay, that's why lo- they don't put them in there. Yeah. Well, who looks at instructions on a tire? I mean, it's like right. like you said, it's we've been tube. doing it for years that's or whatever. True. That's we've listened to the podcast for years. We know how to do it. They have stopped putting inflation pressures on tires. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, so you're on the, on the side of the rubber? <laughs> I just can't read them. <laughs> no, they well, What about on the frame of a So, bike? okay, so here's the only They'll thing they put, put maximum. They will ahead, put, ahead, yeah, right. you're Sorry. exactly right, John. I'm getting ahead of you. Go ahead. No, you're right. You're right. They will only put the maximum pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do not exceed. And do they, not exceed. And they'll even, usually they'll even preface that and they'll say maximum pressure of such and such Seat for seating them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. And some of them even get fancy, fancy and say refer to manufacturer specifications. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of room to print shit on the side of a tire, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that lawyers have discovered they're using more and more of that space for something other than manufacturers' logos and shit like that. And I realized that one of my customers was asking me, he's like, I have no idea how much air to put in my tires because it doesn't say on the side. And, you know, I, I said, well... They should make all tires white walls, and then they could print it on in black right on the side there. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to throw back on one to, side. Look, when we were in the military, we had a very simple thing. TP-36. <laughs> painted right? above every tire. You painted yep. it on the wheel well. Mm-hmm. So every military vehicle or every airplane or anything that uses a pneumatic device that holds air, right above it, where the private's face would have to be, when he's installing air in said pneumatic tube, which holds air, mm-hmm. there will be the numbers TP and then a, a number value following it. And that basic idea is that we don't trust anyone. Yeah. So you don't need to look in the owner's manual if it says TP95 right in front of you. You, know, you do you your best to make it idiot. That's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And at the old shop in Mentor, we were famous for using a Sharpie marker. And we would take a Sharpie marker and we would write the number at the valve step. I do that. So when we would service a bike for a customer, and the bike in question had a 22 PSI in the front tire and 32 in the back tire, we would write that on his actual rim in Sharpie. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Yeah. And if the guy wants to be a you know a fart knocker about it, he can take some alcohol and clean that yeah. off. Yep. You know. Yeah. But in the meantime, it always was reassuring to me when the bike would come back in. So working in a motorcycle shop, you will notice that there are just things that jump out at you all the time. And one of them is tire pressure. And when we did this experiment of writing on the writing right next to the valve stem mm-hmm. what the tire pressure was meant to be, that we noticed when these bikes would come back in for service a year or two later, that the tire pressure tended to be pretty much on the money. <laughs> but on the bikes that we didn't do that on from previous generations, <laughs> prior to instituting that policy, bikes would come in with eight or ten PSI. Because there was no visual reminder for the people to Put the correct air pressure mm-hmm. Same thing with us putting the battery tender leads. We used to hang the battery tender leads under the bike where you couldn't see it. We got tons of phone calls in the spring, dead battery. I started routing the battery tender leads up to where you could actually see them. And it was a visual reminder that you had to put a battery tender, you know, the battery tender on the bike. And those emergency phone calls slowed down. 
we got a lot less of them because people could see the leads. The manufacturer could put a little dot on there where, you know, the tire is supposed to line up with the valve stem and everything. Right under the dot, right, right, right. why can't it just have yeah. 30, 32? No, I can't because the manufacturer doesn't know different. what bike it's getting mounted yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, what was that for? Oh, I got the sediment. That's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so chewy. Okay, so that begs the question. Ah, cranberry. What dictates air pressure in the tire? The weight of What's the bike? That? Heavier the bike, the higher the air. It's the mag. It's it's and the intended load. Intended right. intended load. I have a question for you. Interesting topical question. We have time. Go ahead. I was say tires are part of your suspension. Yes, they are. So mm. depending on what the bike is going to be used for, <laughs> you're going to have a some bikes more than others. <laughs> yes, indeed. A more heavily rigid. inflated or less heavily inflated tire, <laughs> yeah. depending on. What yeah, kind if of you're running a rigid, what you're going to do with the bike. you're going to have 14 psi in the back tire, 18 psi in the back tire. Because if you run a rigid at 32 psi in the back tire, which is what you'd be running in the street bike, you're going to die. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It depends, depends on the weight that's on top of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Depends on the type of suspension on your bike. Mm -hmm. Depends on the terrain you plan to cover. It depends mm -hmm. on, you got feet forward controls, you know, your feet are way up there and you're mm -hmm. sitting with all your weights on your spine, on your backbone. Mm -hmm. All those guys that rode those old rigid choppers for years, you know, fucking deteriorated backs by now. Exactly. Yeah. I, I rode one long enough to know that it was not my game. Well, those things weren't designed. Keep in mind, though, too, the <clears throat> customization mm -hmm. trends removed the suspension, what was designed into that machine. Yes. Right. Yeah. And mounted the seat to the frame. Those, exactly. Those rigid machines from years ago... Yeah. And pretty much all brands, because the British bikes did the same yeah. things. Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, Enfield had... It was the, ridiculous. Everybody at one point yeah. had suspension-mounted seats. The saddle was yeah. the only suspension point. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It, it was, let's isolate the pain from the rider using the seat. Did they ever do, like, John Deere spring. leaf spring style? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and bombers, bomber, uh, bomber. We have Vespas. <laughs> so our Vespa scooters had... What's that? Don't they have like a mono? That's like a mono shock for the seat, though. Yes. There's a mono spring. So the Vespas mm -hmm. and the Lambrettas and whatnot have a horizontal shaft mm -hmm. with a spring around it that, as your ass goes up and down, what? it operates a mechanical system, yes, which is like literally a pro link. What do Yamaha, they call that? Uh, cantilever. cantilever. Cantilever, exactly. So with Harley Davidson and their soft tail system, that is these vertical, I'm sorry, their horizontal. Suspension devices. With emphasis on horror. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it's no different than these stupid seats from Aquilia and whatever companies back in 19, giggity, you know, 1946, 47, was we don't have possibly anywhere near enough suspension under the bike, so let's suspend the seat as well. So we can have a three inch suspension on the wheels and a three inch suspension on the seat, and that's an overall six inches of usable suspension. As for for the rider, for the rider, yeah. right? So yes, the idea was definitely that was the bike was and God. for comfort. And it hadn't yet seen... figured out that the more mm. we can keep the tire in contact with terra firma, right. and it would also shake the, the shit out of the bike if you're carrying a load on that bike, oh, yeah. or just like the shock to the frame, or the bike bottoms out, and then if it's super heavy, then the passenger bottoms out. Yes. So it's a really tough. I mean, that's a, a tough deal. <laughs> so now. I want to engage our listeners in a debate. Oh. This is going to be a debate with a week of time in between it. We're going to give our listeners a week in which to respond to a debate. What I like to call 
the segment, Dem's Fighting Words. Mm. A new segment. A new segment. Wow. <laughs> Where we will present Tell them about it, Johnny. Well, we're going to present something to the hive mind. Something that's been kicked around for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And tonight we're starting with valve stems. And no, nuts. I have a strong opinion about something, and I might be, probably wrong. am wrong. Based on marketing departments and engineers from major motorcycle companies that have spent time and money going against something I believe in, in my heart and soul. I promise whatever you say, I'm going to give the definitive answer. Does it have anything to do with that hat? No, it doesn't. This is a cheap hat. Okay. All right. So anyway, here it goes. We know that with the introduction of the Can-Am Spider, we know that with the introduction of the Piaggio MP3 scooter, and now the Niken, or Niken, Yamaha, that we have a growing fetish community of more than two wheels. And Dr. Seuss created a book back when I was a child called Bears on Wheels. And it was one bear on one wheel, two bears on two wheels, then it was like one bear on five wheels. And it got ludicrous, and all the bears got in a big crash, and the wheels went everywhere. And I learned everything <laughs> I needed to know about the correct number of wheels and bears when I was a child. My parents first read me the Dr. Seuss book called Bears on Wheels. But apparently Yamaha, Piaggio, Can-Am, Bombardier, didn't get the memo <laughs> regarding bears and wheels and the effective number of bears in relationship to wheel ratio. Now... <laughs> Just fucking. I just, Nick's just like God. This guy smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> I just I couldn't envision anything but like the the biker from uh, oh the band whatever. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the YMCA band. Oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, the village people. Yeah yeah. Oh really? He's bears and wheels. The bears and wheels. Yeah. Bears and wheels. <laughs> okay. Bears and bikinis. Bears and wheels. Whatever. Okay. Now here's uh, the thing. Break it down for Okay. Remember that in my career, my storied career, starting about 2007, 2008... Long and illustrious as it may be. Long and distinguished, like my Johnson. Uh, <laughs> it has been a long time that I've spent trying to extol the virtues of the Piaggio MP3 in a motorcycle show environment, a trade show environment, where I sat astride this monstrosity and would show people, look, it leans to the left and it leans to the right, and all three wheels stay in contact with the ground. And uh, it goes stationary in the middle, and all three wheels stay in contact with the ground. And for a while there, we were using as part of our script the term traction. This bike has more traction because it has more wheels. Twice the contact patch. No, not twice the contact patch. And this is important. Yeah. Hang on, guys. This is going to get technical. Huh. Well, the bike used to have two contact patches, right? Divided by X number of weight? Well, this is, an, this is a thing. So then the bike got three contact patches. Now, we can all agree that three contact patches is 50% more than two contact patches. That's not arguable. Three is more than two. Three is more <laughs> than two. So in the by American... Factor, 50%. 50%. Right. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, fact okay, check. it is. In my, I'm an American and I shop at Walmart Mindspace, that three is better than two. Now, hold on. 
I don't think that three now is better well, than two. Well, now you're getting into a gray area. We said three is more than two. Three is more than two, but I have a problem with three is better than two. Vutara is better. So that's here's like your opi- your personal opinion. Uh, clearly, then. man, that's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. Uh, now, here's where I have to check out and get into numbers and get into math. Because if we're talking about cakes, three cakes is more than two cakes. And three cakes could be better than two cakes if you want cakes. Right? I'm with you. All right. <laughs> I'm on this program. However, we're not talking about cakes. We're getting into the world of traction. Weight distribution. And a guy from B.F. Goodrich came into my booth a few years ago, 10 years ago, in fact. Came into my booth at the motorcycle show and schooled me. And schooled me hard because this guy did nothing for a living except. Was he a bear? Huh? Was he a bear? <laughs> 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 He's like, I'm one bear and I have one wheel. <laughs> okay. So what's your problem? What didn't you understand when you were four years old? Okay. Now, here's the thing. What he told me was that he worked for BF Goodrich designing tires and that he knew a lot about tires and traction. And he said, if you're trying to tell people that this bike has more traction because it has three wheels, you're actually wrong. And you probably shouldn't make those declarative statements. Because as my grandfather once said, the more prone you are to making declarative statements, the more likely likely you are to look foolish in retrospect. And I liked that statement. I can think of a current public figure there. Yeah, right now, right? Okay. Anyway, I digress. Not going there. Right. So... Here's where it gets sticky, or lack of sticky. Mm-hmm. It turns out that traction is not just how many contact patches you have on the road, but there's a amount of friction that you need. And that traction is a coefficient of grip. And, and you, how you figure this out is you figure it's the stickiness of a thing, mm-hmm. the amount of weight on that thing, mm-hmm. and the surface the thing is on. I like when you said friction, though. Right. Because it's not stiction. Right. It's not a gecko. It's no. electro, no, no, iso- no. you know, it's it's really friction. Right. Side to side. It's if you make your tires out of grippy gripper rubber. We don't care if it, it doesn't stick to the road. Right. There's no extra gravity. Right. There's nothing clinging it to the road. You don't exactly. have to peel it's it really off of the road. It's a single plane. Yeah. You're right. dealing with one plane. Left, so right, forward. Here is my argument. Backwards. Is it, is a 18-wheeler that has no weight in the trailer whatsoever <laughs> is an 18-wheeler with no weight in the trailer whatsoever as able to go through a slippery curve mm-hmm. as an 18-wheeler with 20,000 pounds in the trailer? No. no. And Absolutely that's the not. question. Mm-hmm. In this case, would it be better if the 18-wheeler had 8 wheels instead of 18 wheels? Because it didn't have as much load. It's going to be a parabola. Well, so it's going to be a bell-shaped curve. It's just a better or worse. It, All it, I'm looking for is better or worse. It, it, it's a bell-shaped curve. It's right. probably going to be yeah. at, at too little weight, right. you lose traction. At yeah. too much weight, you have too much centrifugal force going yeah, through. Absolutely. It. So there's force an, it's going to be out. there's going to be an apex. It's going to be a bell-shaped sweet spot. Of right. a, a sweet spot of where yep. the right load for the right traction and everything lines right. up. So it. It made me think about this, and it made me think about some, some basic ideas in my head. 
Now, what I'm not going to talk about at all, and what I don't want to work into the equation, the part that I would like to think would be fucking patently obvious to anyone who's ever ridden a two-wheeled vehicle, is that when you have three wheels... By the way, I learned a thing. You know that Yamaha Niken or Niken? Yes. Do you know that what Niken means? Translated into English? Tripod. No. Um, <laughs> traction. No, I, knew, I did read... I, I it did means read two up. swords. Oh. Nye is the number two, or Nye is number two. Back to the bears. Uh, real <laughs> shuriken. Shuriken, like a shuriken is a throwing, uh, it's a sword, right? And uh, So it's a, sure, it's a, Nyken is two swords. It has two swords in front. Interesting naming can, mm. uh, things, mm. two swords. So, curious, but anyway, here's what we know about motorcycles, is one of the most important things about motorcycles is, do you know that there are generally a different tread pattern for a front tire than a rear tire. Of course. And we do understand and we do accept the fact that there's a different tread pattern for a front tire and a rear. And that one of the major reasons that there's a different tread pattern for the front tire and the rear tire is that the front tire is used to push water out of the way of the back tire. Let's boil it down to the most simplistic form. Yeah. A tractor. A tractor. A tractor has paddles in the back. Yep. And... Ribbed yeah. grooves in the front. And eighteen wheelers have steering tires and driving tires. Mm. In this world, we have acknowledged that there are applications in which a different tread pattern is better in the front than in the rear. Well, I think you could say that also right. on a motorcycle. You have a steering tire Absolutely. and a driving tire. Absolutely. And in fact, it comes down to the mounting of the tires when it says, "For front application, mount it in this direction. For rear application, mount it in this direction." And that's because the way the tire is constructed, it's designed to be laminated in a certain pattern that the front tires are your stopping tires, the back tires are your going tires. And if you're putting tons of torque on the tire when you're stopping it, a.k.a. stopping it real good and the back tire's coming up in the air a little bit, you're going to put an equal amount of torque on the tire when you're making it go real fast, and that is the front wheels in the air a little bit. So that mounting is as much for the way the tire's carcass is constructed as it is in the way that the tread direction is determined. And manufacturers are different. Yes, absolutely. You know, typically, there's the chevron. You know, the yeah. typical arrow. The chevron chev- does not always go pointing. Some forward manufacturers at the top. will have it pointing towards you. Mm-hmm. Which, funny enough, right? When it spins around, yeah. it looks like it's pointing back. Looks like it's pointing backwards. So if right. you see tractors right. that, like tires right. that are pointing that way, they're yeah. actually going that way. They're going that way. But yeah. some do, and yep. some do it the other way. Exactly for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So here's what I learned in a painful lesson: mm-hmm. the first time I rode the Piaggio MP3. The first time I rode the Piaggio MP3, I happened to be riding the bike on a particularly rainy day. And I learned a lesson that the front tires are no longer clearing a water path out for the rear tires. Mm -hmm. And that is that each one of these three tracks, left track front, center track rear, right track front, is now running on virgin water, which makes aquaplaning more of an issue. When your front tire is pumping the water out of the way, the rear tire is less apt to aquaplane. Because the rear tire has less water to go through, because the water can't be there, because the front tire done fucking moved it. I think to illustrate that, drive yeah. down the road on yeah. just on the highway, yeah. and look at the tire tracks where yeah. tires drive. Oh, believe me, it looks dry. And Do you road... ever want to drive in something that isn't the tire tracks of the car in front of you? No, you want to drive in the tire tracks of the car that's in front of you, whether you're on snow or deep water, because the tire tracks of the car in front of you. Well, they're not as deep of water as the tire as what aren't the tire tracks. Okay, so there we are. It's been splished. 
So I drive the MP3 down the freeway at 60 miles an hour in the wet because I have three wheels. This thing's supposed to have amazing traction and supposed to do all kinds of things that no regular two-wheeled motorcycle can do. It'll fucking ride itself. Well, you look at all the technology invested. You look at all the time and space and how weird it is. It clearly is going to go down the road at 60 miles an hour better than my insert any other motorcycle I ride here because this clearly costs more and has more technology involved in it. And you're wrong. And it's more stable because it's like a Because it's more stable. God damn. <laughs> this thing was the squirreliest fucking bike I'd ever ridden in my life on a hard rain. Mm-hmm. So a hard rain with a lot of water on the roads, I was aquaplaning or hydroplaning at way too low of a speed. Way lower than I would normally consider to be safe. That comes into effect when guys are trying to set like speed records. Just mm-hmm. say it... Um, at Bonneville. Okay. You get up to a certain speed, and yeah. you're up against so much air pressure. Sure. Even though you're going 200 miles an hour, yeah. the back wheel starts spinning. Oh, it's spinning like Because that. it can't push through the air anymore, and something's got to give. Resist- and what gives mm-hmm. is traction. the friction. Yeah. Uh, or the traction. Well, the amount of friction to push through the air right. gets to be greater than it's the amount of friction... Yes, that's why I said something's got to give. Yeah, yeah. Right. And when it mm-hmm. can't push that air anymore, that tire is going to give up its grip. And that's what's happening to that MP3 <coughs> based on maybe not because you're going that right. fast, but because it's there's nothing clearing the, the water from that back tire. And it's a big, wider back tire, too, right? Also, uh, if you look at, like, snow tires, they tend to be narrower than mm-hmm. street tires because you don't want as much surface area really you want you don't want a giant contact patch because the wider your contact patch is the less your coefficient Mm -hmm. of friction is Mm -hmm. and friction is the amount of weight and the amount of grip on a given surface yes i was gonna say weight for per square inch inch. contact patch the other the other co the other thing with the mp3 and all the three-wheel things is now you go from pothole I can dodge the pothole oh, yeah. here. Dodge. <laughs> now, what happens when this tire hits the pothole, but this doesn't? Well, in, a, in the case, especially with the MP3, they yeah. were actually still linked yeah. together. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same with the, the Nikon or whatever. No, Nikon is. I thought it had actual separate forks it does. for each, each one. So it's maybe yeah. less susceptible Well, so does that. the MP3. But the MP3 yeah. actually, they were, if this wheel goes up, this wheel goes down. Then I can set up on a parallelogram as well. Okay. So they're both set up, and actually all of the ones that lean, and there's so a four wheel So what happens with that yeah. is as soon as this wheel yeah. hits a pothole, yeah. this wheel lifts off the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So Once unless you have uniform pothole, a right. pothole that's big enough to scoop up both wheels, <laughs> you're now getting this effect. You it. get to pick. Do you want to put your, in a regular motorcycle, a traditional two-wheeled motorcycle, your track is, what, four inches wide, six inches wide, whatever it is. So you can go between two potholes, whatever. Mm -hmm. But in a three-wheeled motorcycle, well, by God, you now have three tracks you need to consider. And as we can also tell you here in the shop, that when you add, when you have a three-track vehicle, you are going to have a bill or a portion of your bill that none of my other consumers has to deal with. And that's called wheel alignment. And the wheel alignment is astronomically expensive because it's very labor-intensive. And doing a wheel alignment on a multi-line vehicle, a vehicle that has two front wheels, um, the Piaggio system, I'm still convinced it doesn't work. Ridiculous. It's obscene. It was a whole jig. It was a whole thing. It was like a... Yeah. I mean, honestly... And 
John. We don't say jig here. We say Irish dance. Okay. All right. So, the uh, it was a construct. Yeah, it was not a cool thing, and it and not only did it not work, but Piaggio's technical advisor failed to explain to me how I was supposed to use it correctly. And when Piaggio's technical advisor mm. couldn't tell me the right way to use the six hundred and fifty dollar erector set that they sent us, uh, that that worried me. Red flag, red flag. Red flag, exactly. And when they don't understand it. And there isn't a traditional way like an automotive alignment doesn't work. There's a word that comes to mind for these vehicles. Yeah. That word is novelty. It's novelty, exactly. Pure novelty. I, I, I still use my acid test. And I know we were joking about this earlier. My acid test is still, if it made the bike have more traction... If it made the bike have better cornering, if it made the bike have better performance in any way, Valentino Rossi would be riding one today. I will argue that the MP3 was actually a great bike. But it wasn't because it had three wheels. Right. It was because it had a really good motor. And it was really fun to ride. Yeah. And it was kind of cool to ride. It had a giant underseat storage area. Was it, it had like a, a giant 350? I mean, it was well, they had 250, 400, and a 500. And it was fuel injected. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, all those things about it are great. Had they wouldn't put a front wheel, one front wheel on nope, the front of it? No. Nope. It'd be fine. And if you're the type of person yeah. who likes to get extra looks and stuff like that, yeah. then you're willing to put up with right. the less than superior handling. And you're probably and, also going to be willing to make. It was kind of cool. If you could be just perfect with it and hit that button and lock it up before you actually fell Tip over, over yeah. as we call it, the and you could come trick. to a, you could come to a stop sign and quickly hold that button and hope it locks mm-hmm. up before you tip too far. Get your timing just right and not put your feet down. And then the Nikon what, doesn't do that. And then when the red light, when it turned green, yeah. hurry up and hit the throttle and take off before and when it unlocks and you don't wreck. <laughs> it was kind of cool. It's pretty cool, but yeah. don't put hat one wheel up on a curb. Right. And lock it. Oh boy! And then pull off or, the curb and have yeah. the bike fall over. Or it'll it'll lock at what three miles an hour? Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. And if help, Lord help you, if you're still rolling, yeah. And there's a slight depression yep. on one side. Boom! You will it's fall. Right into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm falling and I can't. Get Do you know that our record at the shop is we have to this date we have never not one we have never had a, an MP3 come in for service because I can tell you how many we sold wow. to the number. But more important, it's not how many we sold, because I refused to, I flat out refused to sell the things. I refused to have them in my showroom because there was a great disconnect between what people thought it could do and what it could actually do. 2,000 miles on a rear tire? Come on. 2,000 miles on a rear tire is a major problem. The other problem is that we never saw one come in that wasn't damaged. Mm-hmm. So the, ma- the vast majority of people who owned these things tipped it. And they tipped it because they got over cocky or they got confident with the weather or they tried to use the, the stability lock in a condition like you were explaining where I'm going one mile an hour. It's allowing me to lock the suspension in this, you know, in this configuration. Whatever if you're in a wheelchair, at, this ain't the bike for you. <laughs> it don't make the riding easier. It makes it much, much harder. It's what we said about sidecars. Follow me. If you think a sidecar is going to make your life easier, you don't understand how sidecars work. Nope. Sidecars make your life fucking harder. You don't need to be a diminishing skills rider to operate a sidecar. You need to be a fucking ace. Like, you need to have your shit dialed tight because in a sidecar, it is always trying to fuck you over. It is defying the one universal tenet of motorcycles. Leaning is good. Leaning is how we get around corners. Leaning is how we turn. We use the whole part of the tire. When you take away the ability to lean, 
you now are mechanically rototiller steering this bitch. And you are going to have to physically overpower the entire desire of that 800-pound vehicle to keep going straight. And also, the, the center of gravity of, of the MP3 was really high compared Super to the other high. Yeah. Once that thing it started was, to go over, tall, yeah. you weren't getting it back. Yeah. It was going to take you down with it. Right. And this is our thing. is this? There's this fetish with the Can-Ams, which a Can-Am is beautifully wide. It is a snowmobile. I'm ashamed to admit this. My daughter loves the slingshot. <gasps> the slingshot. But the slingshot's a car. The slingshot's a car. It's not a motorcycle. It's, it's a car. It's one of those moments when you look at your child. Yeah. <laughs> the slingshot's a car. I wonder who the father was. You just need to stop. <laughs> just, the point is, you, do you steer it with a wheel? <laughs> if you steer it with a wheel, it's a car. I don't care if it's got three wheels or ten wheels, it's a car. That's just all it is. <laughs> oh, look at her. Oh, is she talking about the slingshot? Look at her eyes. It got all big. She's like, oh, just yeah. Slingshot. You're supposed to have <laughs> a slingshot. Well, I do. Oh, I still God. heard slingshot. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Great. Uh-huh. Disappoint your father. It's a car. <laughs> it is a car. It's, a car. it's not a motorcycle. It's a car. It's a car because it has seatbelts. Oh, that's Listen true. To the, from the mouths of babes. Yeah. And it's an actual, like... My rule is if it has a steering wheel. If it has a steering yeah, wheel, it's a car. Yeah, and it has like a, a seat with a back too, right? Which is a good point, too. Yeah, it has yeah. a seat. You seat side by side in it? Right. It's a car. It's yeah. a three-wheel it's car. A car. It's like yeah. a Morgan. Yeah. And it's not even that new. I was going to say, look at a Morgan or a yeah. Batsy Actually, bullet. the states can't even agree what it is because some states call it a motorcycle, some call it a three-wheel motorcycle. I've actually had... Some call it a car. I've had two different or people from the state cycle. of Ohio give me two different definitions or two different hmm. statements. Two people who write the rules in our state have told me two different things. One guy says it's a three-wheeled motorcycle. The other guy says it's a car. If they're not motorcycle and car guys, though, yeah. they may be confusing the Can-Am and the Slingshot, Oh, too, they could. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. It's hard to know what you're uh, dealing with. I had a feeling when, the, when, I talked to the, when I talked to the one fellow from the state of Ohio, I have a feeling it wasn't the first time he's answered that question. I'm pretty sure that he's gone sleepless nights for writing bullshit letters to people for slingshots well, we saw the, the, regarding uh, helmet tickets they've gotten. We saw the driver's manual that Oscar had yeah. and how poorly that was written, and that's right. a oh, state yeah. publication. So, yep. Yeah, it's a really, really These bad These guys trying scene. to regulate something that doesn't fit conveniently in any category. It's so like, what I want is our podcast listeners who are engineers, so equipped between their ears to write to us and tell us how a vehicle like the MP3 or the Nikon has more traction. Or, I'll even give them this, more stability. Because I've gotten in this argument with people before about, dude, it's not the traction. I'm not arguing about traction. I know that if I add an extra wheel, that my traction in the other two wheel goes down a third. Because now I have a three, three pieces of pie instead of two. But stability goes up. And my argument is, how does stability go up? Because when you lean an MP3 to the right or left, there's nothing that's giving you resistance to that lean. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's an outrigger, a magical outrigger, that goes out there to take some of the load of the bike. I don't see how stability is increased. I I, I just don't... I fail to see how having those two wheels out in front, 18 inches apart, is going to make the bike safer to operate. And... I think I might not be the only one that feels that way because I've noticed a reluctance on the part of the manufacturers <laughs> to dive into this pond. We've got Piaggio and Yamaha, and they're both doing it as like a, a fetishy bike, like a, like mm-hmm. a freak show novelty item. 
Is the Yamaha also a scooter? No, the Yamaha is a full bore sport bike. Okay. Okay. Like it is a full bore. <clears throat> let me put both of my wheels in the air and look like a weird mutant. What's the lobster? Praying mantis. Praying mantis. Yeah. How big's the engine? I don't know. Thousand cc's or okay. give or take. Yeah, it's, it's probably big, not yeah. faster than our. It ain't a four fifty. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably an R one motor. Well, it's probably not faster than an R one around. Well, it can't be because it's heavier. Yeah. So first of all, science. It's heavier. Yep. So. The second thing is, if it was more powerful, I, I digress back to the argument. If it did everything that people seem to spout to me, it is more stable, it has more traction, it'll make your teeth whiter. Whatever they say it will do, how come people aren't going out and, and, sm- and spanking I've Lorenzo's never, lap time? Right, you know? I've never ridden something like mm-hmm. this, but... I can only imagine that you wouldn't lose the front end. Like, you know, a, a traditional motorcycle when it leans over. And you see this in, like, super bike yeah, races yeah. sometimes. They lean a little too far, and the front end just washes I've out. I've lost the front end many times. Is there, like, a, a, like a, a The stop? MP3? Yeah. You had to lean it over even. It was weird how far yeah. you had to actually lean it over. Yeah. You so were, it, it actually it, it like seemed like it had to be It was harder more. to complete a turn. So the front on, end on was the MP3. but it was pushing. Though. The front end was pushing. The front end was pushing so much that a rider that was a good ride, a, a good aggressive rider, a guy that really put the bike into the corners would go through a rear tire in about 1600 miles. Hmm. Which is another increased cost of ownership because as you are putting supposedly putting more pressure on the front of the motorcycle and you are spooling up the back of the motorcycle more, you're scrubbing. So anytime you have three different tracks, if you have three separate tracks going through a turn, you have an inside track, you have an outside track, and you've got the rear tire, middle track. Well, each one of those circumferences is going to be mechanically different. Mathematically, they're Mm -hmm. all going to be different. Mm -hmm. If you have three different circumferences, there's going to be enhanced friction or increased tire wear between those three different circumferences. Because as the vehicle is leaned over, as we've said with the MP3, the front two wheels are mechanically joined to each other. So the parallelogram is the same as it is leaning over. So at some point, you're going to scrub tires. Is this still part of the question? Well, I'm still waiting for people. I guess what we're saying is the we want to be told. Does anybody at this table want three tires instead of two? I certainly don't. No. Well, well if I want a Vespa, I'll carry a spare. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, only as a spare, exactly. Yeah. And so, but as we watch this sort of fascination, I, I mean, I listen to tons of motorcycle podcasts. I watch tons of motorcycle videos. There is no small amount of entertain or in, intrigue over the Yamaha Nikon. And I see that same thing in the motorcycle community now that we saw 10 years ago in the scooter community with the MP3. And it's the same people. It's the same people coming out and saying, I have diminished skills, or I want to be that nerdy guy that has the early adopter badge, and I want to be the guy that has the side-by-side double-barrel shotgun. You know, I want to have the double pump whatever. I want to have the weird mutant thing that nobody else has. The dual exhaust. The dual exhaust, Mm. exactly. The extra, extra, extra. Mm -hmm. The extra thing. And... It's when they did the Viper motorcycle and had the Tomahawk where it had yep, two, yep, mo- two yeah, wheels yep. in the front, two wheels in the back. And again, nobody's ever been able to prove that that motorcycle could get around the racetrack any better than an R1. I have a feeling it can't. I have a feeling it can't. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's an right. 850. 
Oh, is it? 850? So it's an 850. So that's a big motor. Mm -hmm. That should be kicking around around 100 horsepower, right? And so 100 horsepower, we've seen the videos, too, with the bike with the front two wheels in the air. Yeah. Like, they eventually paid somebody enough money oh my God. Try to be like, I don't, care what, I don't care what you do today. Your job is to get this heavy-ass front end, because it's two of everything, yeah. Yeah. right? And that's been my problem, is whatever performance pickups you think you might have due to an extra tire, wheel, brake, etc., you're going to lose because those things all weigh something. Well, now, wait a minute. If you get the front wheels in the yes. air mm-hmm. and there's nothing to balance them out isn't yes. one gonna drop or something like well, that? well you would hope they would both extend to maximum length equally right that and, would be a, a real not world go into situation lean mode exactly that they wouldn't go off camera right. That's true. and then when right. you land the bike one wheel touches down yeah. much right. much earlier right. than the other yeah, yeah it's a seen. fucking weird steam now the good news is with the piaggio mp3 there was never any chance of getting the front wheels <laughs> oh, off no, the air no. because <laughs> even with the 500 cc mm-hmm. that thing was a turd yeah. like the 500cc Jalera Fioco, the first time I rode it, when it still had Jalera badges on it, mm-hmm. and it hadn't even been adopted from the American market yet, with that power of a Piaggio 500, I cracked the whip on that thing, and it was like, we're going to get going now. It gave me all the power and fury of a standard Vespa GTS 250, mm-hmm. but it used a 500cc motor to do it. Because of all the weight of that damned articulated system, it's just and you have a lot of weight with a CVT. It's right. like riding up; you got to wind up the rubber band, Absolutely. and all of a sudden it releases. Exactly. Yeah. So it it didn't make the bike any sportier for sure. And then when the first MP3s that we got only had 250 cc motors in them, mm-hmm. those fucking things couldn't get out of their own way. And dudes are trying to ride them on the freeway. And I was like, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. You have traffic lined up behind you. All your oil yeah. has air, ended up in your air box. All, yeah, and that was the trick is the, these guys would spin these bikes at full tick mm-hmm. and wonder why they're having motor failure. Well, you're having motor failure because your oil ain't in your motor anymore. No. You've been running this motor at full chat. into pink mist. Yep, that's exactly right. You've been running the motor at full chat. Just try to maintain freeway speeds. And that ain't good for these old motors. You know, that's that's where... Your, your oil is going to evacuate to somewhere. You know when you're a kid yeah, and you're digging through a big snow pile trying to make a tunnel and you're just dying to break through the other yeah. side. Trying and you like stick a, your shovel in there yeah. and you see how far you, the shovel will go in yeah. versus how far you have to go from the outside. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where you're at with this carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I have fed more hairpin into this carburetor than there is carburetor. Yep. You need a rotor rooter. I need <laughs> a really tiny cable. A tiny yeah. rotor? Yeah. Like a throttle cable cut off. Tin. Put it in a drill bit. Guitar string. Guitar, guitar string. Guitar, guitar string. Guitar string in a drill bit. I got guitar yeah. string. I did too. Yeah. I keep them for just such purposes. Yeah, put a guitar string in a Dremel. But man. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You are so frustrated by that. I'm like ready to drill. I could just drill. You could drill right to the side <laughs> of it. Because mm. uh, you know, they, they put the little the Welsh plug, plug yeah. in there. Yeah. You do the solder on it when you're done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, rock on, baby. Yeah, make the hole just like the factory made the hole and plug it just with a piece of lead <clears> solder. Freaking done with it. Be done with it. Be done with the damn thing. Yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's a podcast. That's what a yeah. two-hour podcast looks like. Wait. Yeah? A friend of mine moved into an apartment above a bank. Mm-hmm. Above a bank. Yeah, now his assets over a million dollars. Hey! <laughs> nice. 
I like that, man. Hey, uh, if you can't if you can't move over a bank, you should remember to ride fast and take chances. Play us out of here. Press the damn button. Press the button.